Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, a little bit of Moon Knight, a little bit of Nova for Ray Aura there, and joining us, of course, sitting over here is Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, you know, I've been contemplating uh, maybe one day, just in the middle of the show, getting up and doing a comedy routine for you. <laughs> well... We'll explain what that's all about here in a second. <laughs> Sitting over here, she is a living, walking, delightful comedy routine, bringing joy to everyone Aww. around her. It's Chris Carr. Chris, how you doing? That's a nice. I'm good. I have really big hair today, though. I feel like River Song. I'm keeping secrets in it. So, <laughs> Sitting, <I'm there. laughs> right nice besides reference. her is also somebody with really big hair. It's yeah. Ray Ora. Yeah. Ray, how you game doing? Day? <laughs> game day. Game day. Well, it was game day last game night. Day. Last oh, night. Yeah. Okay. Did you see it, Rob? I haven't seen it. You son of a. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's, of course, talking about Halo. I've been moving. Halo dropped. It, it was up early last night, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, a whole bunch yeah, of people yeah. have seen it now. I saw, we're going to talk about that a little bit too. But uh, Chris came in this morning and showed us this video. If you guys haven't seen this, shouldn't be hard to find. <sighs> At what has for many years was my home movie theater, AMC Burbank 16. I guess some girl wanted to make it big, decided to get up in front of the movie audience <laughs> before the movie started. And decided she literally had a captive audience. Yeah. And she, she was going to do her stand-up comedy routine. And she got up and started doing stand-up comedy. And you know what? In a, in a world that is filled with gutless cowards that just want good things handed to them for nothing, this girl saw an opportunity. Yeah. Put herself Bravo out there. Her. Oh, man. Yeah. Better than there. dead silence. Better than dead silence. Get is it? Is it though? <laughs> By the way, we're not advocating, John. I do not want to have yeah. this become a thing. No, neither do I. Look, do please do not explode on TikTok. I do not want this to happen ever again. No, because Rob, you were you were pointing out before the show started, and this is true. While we very much can admire the what's what's the phrase chutzpah? chutzpah. Yeah, the chutzpah. The chutzpah of this girl to get up and do that. Bravo to her. I don't want to see you do that. Nah. If I go to a movie theater, I'm not there to watch you do stand-up comedy. I'm there to watch a movie. And uh, you don't get to decide for me what I have to spend my few minutes before the movie starts doing. I ain't listening to you. But again, I say that, but the girl's got guts. Yeah. I'll give her that. That's She deserves some uh, some credit for that. And her delivery was not horrible. No. She got laughs. She, she has a very high operatic range. That was she weird. does. She does. I can actually, I can honestly see Ray doing that someday. Oh, no. Say, Everyone. <laughs> what, what, what's what's your you go-to karaoke song, Ray? <laughs> What's the deal with three-hour movies? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one. I don't have one. Everyone I don't have one because I don't sing. Everyone needs a go-to karaoke oh, song. Yeah. My go-to karaoke song is Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Oh, that's great. It has been song. since I was in high school. That was that's my, a good that's my one. karaoke song. What's yours? Uh, Copacabana by Barry Manilow. No, really? Her name was Lola. She was, she was the showgirl with yellow... F oh, we're going to get demonetized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? You got to go to. Uh... It's all coming back to me now by Celine Dion, where I do lots of. Uh, thank you, you. Can you actually sing Celine? Hell yes, I can. Wow. One of these days, I'm going to have to crack out the guitar for the folks, and uh, you're going to have to sing a piece. It'll be so fun. At my I would love to see party, it. we made sure that I could go sing that and sing it as Celine. <laughs> anyway, guys, it is great to have you here. Here's how today's show is going to go we're going to break the show up into 
two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you're watching the show live, and only if you're watching live, you can fire in a live comment or question using the Super Chat feature, and we'll read those off when we get to the end of the main topics. However, you only got a couple of minutes left because it's already well past halfway full. So, and I only turned it on about 60 seconds ago. So, yeah, get in your Super Chat, and I will read that off at the end. But by the way, guys... If you are watching the show any of the other 22 hours during the day and you'd like to get a common question read by me or Rob, well, we do a show a couple times a week. We just put the newest one up last night called Mailbag. And if you'd like to send in a common question for Mailbag, simply go down to the description of this video. You'll see a tip link. Click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on Mailbag if, of course, we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used. And, of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us involved here with the channel, thank you guys so much for your support. Also, guys, don't forget we got a bunch of podcast feeds. We got the John Campy Show podcast. It's the audio only version of this show. We got our movie club podcast feed. And now we've got a separate podcast feed for Mailbag. So you can just search for Mailbag, the John Campy podcast. Go find that. Go subscribe to all those podcasts so they are there when you need it for your audio listening pleasure. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into some off the tops here, shall we? And our first off the top is this. Because if I didn't lead off with this, I'd be down one staff member. <laughs> yes! There is a little movie, some say famous, some say infamous, but it is the original return of Star Trek, the original series, when it came back in whatever year it was. 1979, December 7th, John. Of course it was December Whoa. 7th, 1979, when Star Trek, the motion picture, came and hit theaters, and... We've known for some time that they were doing a 4K restoration. Well, now we've got release dates of that 4K restoration, and they're going to play it in theaters for a couple of days, too. Yes. Uh, this comes to us from our friends over at Slash Film, right? The following The long awaited, by some people, uh, addition to every Star Trek super fans collection is now finally set to arrive over two decades in the making, presumably with phasers set to stunning. Ah. Uh, Phaser set to stunning. Nobody? All right. Uh, as the very first, I feel like I'm at the Burbank 16, as the very first instance of the beloved sci-fi franchise making the leap from television to the big screen, Star Trek, the motion picture, had a lot riding on it. Originally released in 1979 and forced to play catch-up with worldwide sensation known as Star Wars, the first feature film chronicling the adventures of Captain James T. Kirk uh, by actor and sometimes slash film contributor William Shatner, trusted science officer Spock, Leonard Nimoy, chief medical officer Leonard Bones, McCoy, DeForest Kelly, chief engineer Montgomery Scott by uh, James Dohan, uh, communications officer Uhura, Nichelle Nichols, weapons officer Pavel Chekhov by Walter Cohen. By the way, I've always I've learned I've always been saying it's his Koenig. name. Koenig. Koenig. Yeah. Koenig, wow. Koenig, Walter Koenig. Well, he should change the spelling of his name. Uh, Hikuru Sulu, played by George Takei, uh, reunited the cast of the original series and took things in a more philosophical direction. So this thing is coming back fully restored. They dropped a trailer for it. And I got to say, when they were showing the differences between original and now 4K restoration, it looked pretty good. I mean, the, the restoration looks really good. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be facetious. I am not a fan of this movie. Uh, this is the movie that, to me, kind of set the stage for that Star Trek, you know, the running gag. The odd-numbered ones aren't so good. The even-numbered oh, ones are really good. 
So I'm not a big fan of this, but I know Robert Meyer Burnett is a big fan of this. And Rob, more than that, it, they are doing it on two days alone. They're working with um, Phantom, Phantom? Fathom, Fathom. Fathom Film. That's right, Fathom, who does those special events, Fathom Events. And they're going to actually air this thing in theaters on a couple of days. So, Rob, I, I knew you had to be tickled about this. Well, yeah, so... Star Trek The Motion Picture was fraught with peril when it was being produced, uh, and it was basically unfinished. The movie was not finished properly because they were locked into a release date. They had a lot of production issues, and they couldn't, they couldn't miss that date. And famously, the prints of the film were in a, in a, on a soundstage at Paramount still wet before they were on their way to theaters. So Robert Wise, who directed this film, who also directed Sound of Music, he directed, co-directed West Side Story. He directed The Andromeda Strain. He edited Citizen Kane, directed Star Trek The Motion Picture. And back in 2000, he came back with a very dedicated production team, including Dave Fine, Mike Mendocino, and my dear friend Darren Docterman, to re-edit the film and create a director's edition and create new special effects and shots that were never completed back in 1979. And... But that was finished, John, in standard definition. So it only existed in NTSC format. Mm. So this director's edition has not existed in HD for 20 years, which means it's essentially useless. So finally, because of Paramount Plus, not unlike what happened with the Snyder Cut with HBO Max, Paramount Plus decided to come in and pay the money, bring back Darren Docterman and Dave Fine and Mike Mendocino to oversee this restoration. So they got to recolor time the movie they redid their visual effects that they did 20 years ago in full 4k the movie was remixed in atmos and uh it, it hopefully it's going to be very spiffy it drops on paramount plus exclusively on the 5th of april so it's just in a couple of weeks but i think what's really interesting john about this particular film back then star trek the motion picture because of Star Wars, they were they uh, they were going to make a Star Trek Phase Two TV series. They had built sets, they were doing camera tests, and they spent a lot of money. And they canceled the series in favor of this movie. And um, you know, without the success of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, there would be no Star Trek franchise: Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three, Star Trek Four, then Star Trek: The Next Generation. And now today, we've got multiple Star Trek shows on the air. So for me. It's still my favorite Star Trek movie. I was 12 years old when it came out. Changed my life. I couldn't believe, as a fanatical Star Trek fan, what I was seeing. A $44 million movie with the original TV series cast. Nobody would do that today. Who would spend that much money on a on a failed TV show? No one. Well, that's not true. Now they're going to reboot everything. But back then, <laughs> it was... I was going to say, do you know the era we're living yeah, in? Yeah, I know, dude. It's like it's like I heard Manimal and Auto Man are coming back. Hey, the fantastic... Don't sure. you speak ill of Auto Man. <laughs> I am Automat. Dude, come on. You know they're going to, or the fantastic journey. Bring that back. But anyway, I'm very excited for this. I'm very happy for my friends. I'm very happy for Paramount Plus. And uh, to see Robert Wise's vision restored, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I am happy for you. <laughs> and uh, guys, I'm happy for all of you who are big fans of this original Star Trek motion picture. Question is for you. Are you excited about this? Maybe you've never seen it. I'm betting a lot of our audience probably hasn't seen it Especially yet. people don't even know there is a director's cut. And by the way, this does solve a lot of the problems people have with, they call this movie Star Trek the slow motion picture. <laughs> but this, uh, this, this does change. There's a lot of editorial changes, so it's speeded up. There's scenes that were not in the theatrical that are in this version. 
So they apparently improved a bunch of visual effects and things like that. So guys, how are you feeling about this? Are you looking forward to watching this on Paramount Plus? Maybe you're going to pick up tickets and go to one of the special events when it screens in some theaters. Whatever you guys are feeling about this, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thanks for leading thoughts. off with this, John. I you really appreciate welcome, it. Welcome, Rob. How could, could we not? All right. With that down, let's move on to another topic that I'd be at risk of losing a cast member here if we didn't talk about it. Many of you guys know there's a little film coming out called Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. So the first Sonic comes out. Uh, I, I've well established this. I really wasn't expecting anything from it, but it's a charming, fun little film. I, I didn't think it was like spectacular, but I had a really good time. I watched it like three times. My wife, Anne, really enjoys it a lot. I thought it was funny. I thought the the voice acting was great. I thought for Jim Carrey just rules. I mean, mm -hmm. it was really good to see Jim Carrey return to form and really because yeah. I was a little skeptical about this. Like, man, Jim Carrey doing the kind of clown thing hasn't worked for him in a long time. But wow, did he make that work? Like every second he's on screen, I was memorized mesmerized by it. And listen, the the uh, ads and the trailers and the clips we've seen from the second one all look cute. Movie's coming up here pretty soon. Early April, and it's coming. And now we know we're seeing the first reactions. Some people have seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and the reactions are very good. Very, very good. Here's what some people are saying about Sonic 2 that I've had a chance to watch. Mike Riaz writes, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is a sonic blast of nostalgic fun. Uh, quite a bit more lore and extension of Sonic 1's story than I expected, which is fantastic. Knuckles and Tails make for beautiful additions to the cast. And the surprises this movie had already uh, had ready to go blew me away. Then we go on to Chris Killian who writes, Good news, Sonic 2 is every bit as fun as the first one, and the kids will love it. Uh, the addition of Tails and Knuckles make it feel more like Sonic. Once again, Jim Carrey is awesome as Robotnik, but this round, some of the other characters get some time to shine, too. Uh, then we go over to Eric Davis, a friend of mine who writes, Good news, Sonic Movie 2 is a lot of fun, a much bigger, more action-driven film than the first Sonic, with great jokes and plenty of long time for plenty of long-time fans. Jim Carrey is next-level maniacal as Robotnik, but for me... It's all Sonic, Tails and Knuckles. That trio delivers ton of heart and humor. Ash Croson writes, Sonic is a worthy successor. The kids in my theater were howling. It has all the winks, nods, nostalgia, and laughs fans of the original movie could ever want and feels more loyal to its game roots than ever. I think a lot of people are going to be very happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. uh, Nikki Novak writes, just saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and it's a love letter to video game lovers. Had a lot, had a ton of fun with it. Unlike a lot of blockbusters, the third act is bananas and the strongest of the film. Jim Carrey reigns supreme. Uh, and then uh, Sonic, Sonic, and it goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on. Uh, apparently, this movie really works. And having seen the first one, I'm not terribly surprised to hear that it's worked. Chris, I don't know personally anybody who's been more excited and looking forward to this movie than you. What do you think about the reactions and what does this do for your expectations? My expectations are being met. This is exactly how I saw this going. Bet on Schwartz. Anything Ben Schwartz is in is gold. He's always the best thing in everything he's in. So if he's the lead in something, it's gonna be good, you guys. 
I'm so excited about this. I love James Marsden too. I'm so excited that he's continuing on in this role. I, I think love he's him. so delightful in this. I think their chemistry, which is really hard to have chemistry with an animated character in a yes. live action format, is incredible. I'm so excited about the addition of Tails, especially since it's still Colleen O'Shaughnessy voicing it, who did the voice in all of the games, of course. I think this just bodes really well, too, for the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, cinematic universe. We're going to get Team Chaotix at some point. We're going to get way more storytelling here. It's going to be super, super fun. I can't wait to see where all of this goes. All the different things you're hearing, though, we read Mm -hmm. a bunch of different kind, some commentary coming out. What of what we're hearing stands out to you the most or makes you the most excited to hear from all these comments we're hearing about it? I, I knew that everyone was going to continue to love Jim Carrey because he's incredible in this. And I love, love his physical comedy in this. I think he just does such a great job. But hearing that it really is about that trio is what I'm most excited about. I'm so glad the addition of Knuckles and Tails is really, really paying off in this film. Because sometimes, too, if we bring in too many characters, too many beloved characters from the original IP from a game, it can get a little mucky in there, right? And I'm really, really glad that this is a trio that is playing very, very well. Um, Rob, you you enjoyed the first one. I did. I You know what? I, I caught up with it later. But I, you know, it was one of those things, it wasn't something I was, to be honest, interested in seeing, but it was one of those things I come across, I'm like, okay, I'll try it, because I was, I was actually, I was most curious about the upgrading of the, uh, of the actual design of Sonic, which I thought was really interesting from a fan perspective. There was an outcry, and the filmmakers went back and actually changed the design, and I have to say, I kind of thought the movie was pretty delightful. I thought for what it was, it really worked. It, I really enjoyed it. This movie looks like it's it's also, I mean, I don't know the Sonic lore. I played the game very casually when it was first out, what, 25 years ago or something? And I liked it. But, you know, for not having any real connection to the film, I found myself quite pleasantly surprised. This, I think this new movie, like, I love the, I love that shot with the planes in the air and Sonic's, and the, he gets shot off the plane. I don't know why that appeals to me. I just thought it was funny. It's great so, physical comedy. It's great physical. I can't wait to see it. The real question that I have, though, for you, Chris, yes. are we going to get the return of the king of Sonic movies? Are we going to get a third one, do you think? We absolutely will. Because I really want Sonic, you know, maybe not the equivalent of of the ring getting thrown into the crack of doom and, and melting away with Gollum, you know, anything like that. Mm-hmm. But something, of you know, I want to see some Sonic maybe bow to Aragorn. I mean, and Aragorn saying we're going to have no some one epic Sonic. possibilities here because we can also bring in Shadow next, or we can bring in Metal Sonic. Shadow. And- <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we can get really, really cool with this. We can get pretty fast uh, Fast 9 with this and do some intergalactic stuff. We can be in space, baby, which makes <sighs> sense for this franchise, though. Well, yes, with this one. But, I mean, look, ultimately, it's all going to come down to the box office. Mm-hmm. Right. Are enough people going to go out to see this to justify a third movie? I think they will. They will. I think you're wrong. No, nope, really? we will, John. You besmirched We will see it five it. or six times. my name, sir. This has nothing to do with how good or bad the movie is. But there is just... I'm kidding. This movie's going to make oh a ton God. of money. This <laughs> movie's like, gonna, how dare. This, I mean, wow, John, you had me going. Don't get me wrong. You should do stand-up comedy in a theater. <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with Sonic? No, I, I don't... Look, it's not going to make Spider-Man money. No. I'm not even 100% convinced it's going to make Batman money. But it's it's going to make money because the people who did see it, like, look, the first one wasn't a blockbuster, but every 
everybody who saw it liked it. Mm-hmm. And then it picked up a life of its own after that. Like a lot of people checked it out afterwards, after it was done its theatrical run. And I think all those people are coming back. And I think you're definitely going to see an improvement here. Absolutely. R- remind me, did the studio... Uh was the studio surprised at the amount of money that the first Sonic made? I forgot. I think they were happy with it. I don't know that they were surprised by it. Oh, I mean, okay. So like it wasn't. Really built a lot of double, double check for me with the final box. Because I think I could be wrong about this, but I think the final box office number for it was in the 300 millions, um, which is respectable. I, I mean, especially for the type of movie that it was yeah. an old video game franchise. But I remember the first time I saw it in theaters, like people were delighted. True story. I've shared this story once before, but Anne came home one day. The movie had been in theaters for about three or four weeks, and we had seen it once or twice. 319. So 319. So low 300s. Mm-hmm. This, this, I'm thinking, I'm thinking 500s are, are on the table. Wow, okay. I, I really do. I think 500 oh, million is on the do. table for this thing. But so Anne comes home one day. Her and a friend of hers went to like uh, LA's uh, fabric district, whatever it is, to go buy some clothes or whatever. She comes home and she's like, John. They're already selling, like, blue, uh, Sonic's already on DVD. I'm like, what? And she comes in and she holds up this DVD of Sonic. And I look at him like, that looks like it came off an Epson inkjet. And I'm like, honey, where'd you get this? And they're like, well, a guy was selling DVDs down there. And you sweet summer child. <laughs> it's like, baby, you just bought a pirated DVD. She goes, I didn't think that was real. I'm like, no. No, it's real. And she had brought home, like, see, instantly she felt like, do we need to hide it? Should I throw it out? <laughs> yeah, it's a tracker on it. They know where you are. How the government's going to follow us? But that's, yes. And uh, yeah. <laughs> but we saw it like three times in theaters. Yeah. We felt okay. I, we watched it so many times once it came, to, like, available for streaming, too. Like, I bought that on YouTube TV real fast. Uh, I am planning a friend's bachelorette party that is April 8th. Okay. Or is this an invitation? I am going to see this movie April 7th, okay. probably again in the morning of April 8th, because I'm not carpooling with anyone else. <laughs> where I was like, and I can sneak in and see this movie again before I have to go meet all of you in Santa Barbara, because that's where my priorities lie. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about uh, this? The reactions for Sonic 2 are coming out, and they are really quite glowing. I- I'm not surprised to hear it, to be honest with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. How are you guys feeling about it? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Oh, we got the breaking news. What we got? They are saying that Matt Reeves just released a Joker clip from the Batman, a post. Uh, some people are saying it's a post credit scene. So I don't know if you want to check probably that probably just the scene that was at the end of the movie that they've probably put out and released. Uh, that, that, everyone's saying it's a new scene. Oh, there was one that he deleted. Yeah, that there was one. Um, oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, we've known there was one extra scene with the Joker and the Batman that they deleted. But I'll be honest with you, if they deleted it out of the movie, I'm not all that yeah, interested okay. in it. I get it. But that's me. That's think he sure says like, this town needs an enema. <laughs> Why so serious is what he says. All right. Guys, with that down, we've got one more off the top to do. Under the category of Ray Ora, Prophet of God, <laughs> uh, you guys might remember, I think it might have been yesterday, that Ray was like, when's Nova coming? <laughs> yeah, Marvel's got this Moon Knight. Yeah, they got their Avengers. But Ray yesterday was like, when is Nova coming? That's what we need to know. We need to know about Nova. This was less than 24 hours ago because it was deeper into the show. Yes, it was less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> so clearly, Kevin Feige, who watches this show daily, 
Daily. And when Ray speaks, the world stands still and said, you know what? That Ray Ora guy, he might be onto something. What do we got <laughs> in production right now? Moon Knight? All right, give me the writer. And lo and behold, the news has come this morning that a Nova project is officially Woo! coming. Get Nova, baby. So good we've job, had Ray. good news here for Rob today. We've had good news for Chris. We got good news for Ray. When's my good news coming? But <laughs> apparently they are going to be rolling on it now. It says here, Marvel Studios is working on a project centered on Richard Ryder. It is. Okay, good. Slash Nova. That's written by Moon Knight writer, Sabir Perzada. So, which is, I don't know how excited to get about that because I haven't seen Moon Knight yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm hearing really, really good things about Moon Knight. But apparently they're going to be working on a Nova project because Rayorth speaketh and the universe manifests. And here we go. So I got to think about what I want Ray to ask for next. But <laughs> this is apparently they're going to follow the traditional story. The last yeah. surviving member of the Nova Corps, which we saw, you know, we at least we heard got destroyed in Infinity War. That Thanos went there to get the stone that the Guardians of the Galaxy left behind in their safekeeping. What that means for... Glenn Close, I don't know whether Glenn Close is still alive in this universe. But or not. there could be a really cool flashback when Thanos there comes to Xandar and destroys the Nova Corps. Great flashback scene of that. Show Thanos attacking with uh, the Black Order and all that kind of stuff. Could do some very things. Comes to Earth and finds a high school student. And it's a little bit of a mix of Green Lantern and Greatest American Hero sort of stuff in that. But a lot of people have been wanting Nova to come around. Rob, what do you think? Number one, what do you think about this? That they're saying they're now in development of a Nova project. Number one, what do you think about that in general? Is that something you're interested in? Is there a place for Nova in the MCU as it is right now? And, and tell everybody a little bit about well, Nova, I, well, who's know, not Nova, a more popular character. Nova was introduced in the 70s. Richard Ryder was introduced as a 70, in the 70s. And Nova has had either his own comic or or interacted with all kinds of other uh, I don't know if he was. I think he was an Avenger once. I think so. He was in New New Warriors. Yeah, New, yeah, he was in the New yeah, Warriors. Yeah. But was it Richard Ryder was in the New Warriors? But there's been different iterations of Nova. Mm -hmm. But you know, again, a cosmic character. And I, what I'm most curious about is if memory serves, he hooked up with Gamora. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a Nova show, maybe maybe he's in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Is he still a high schooler in this scenario? Now? Yeah. I, I, well, hey, you know what? That uh, shwing. I don't know how we're going to do that. I, I mean, no, but I'm just thinking we've never had a great romantic love triangle yet. It was kind of brewing, <laughs> but I would love to see Star-Lord and Richard Ryder go at it. Oh, like yeah. over the Ooh. over the love of a good woman. And Gamora has no ties to this Peter in That's this way. That's what I'm so. saying. Ooh. I mean, oh, I like it. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. she goes off and she doesn't she never know mm -hmm. like as far as she, she knows she hasn't met this Peter Quill yet. They've never talked about Footloose. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> you know, however they're going to do it. I mean, maybe Gamora knows uh, it depends how they're how they're knows Nova, yeah, maybe knows Nova already, and and maybe there's some. Oh, my father destroyed your planet. I'm really sorry. Your whole, all your friends and everybody you loved. I'm really sorry. Could be, could be fun. Oops, but yeah. I, you know, I'm curious because we know that Adam Warlock is coming. Yes, in and, Guardians, and I really like the fact that the obviously the Celestials. You've already seen them. The Eternals. They're really building up their cosmic. Yes. I mean, if they're going to bring the Star Jammers and the Shi'ar Empire and all that, and the Kree and the Skrull. Yep. There. I is. think there's going to be some cool. I mean, if they do Secret Invasion, will Nova be a part of that? Like, I, it's going to be really interesting. 
Ray, I wanted to ask you because like you called this, you called the shot yesterday, but what is it about this character that, that appeals to you? Why do you want this? I, just for the cosmic, the cosmic scenes we could get, like, I, I want to be in space, you know, you know, my love for it's, space. It's and closer, the moon. To the moon. It's closer to the moon. Um, space is closer to the moon. Robert hit it right on the head. The, the secret invasion angle, bringing the scrolls in more into the forefront of the MCU. You need Nova. You need a, a Nova to battle this 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 villain i think it's it's important um well but this isn't the nova this wasn't the nova you were hoping to get right no like, no i wanted the the, the young yeah. punk hanging out with spider-man sam you know hot shot like ripping on peter parker all the time that one that one is funny to me because it's like a immature like hal jordan like in high school <laughs> but this this i was reading more about richard Ryder, and like you know what they could they can mold him into a likable character too we'll go over to you chris what do you think about first of all are, are you surprised that they're bringing in nova at this point what do you think about it do you think there's room for him in the mcu how are oh, you feeling yeah. about this i think nova makes the most sense logically next right we have the guardians and the asgardians of the galaxy we have uh we've talked about nova Corps before we have captain marvel we have all this intergalactic stuff that's happening, but it feels very far away from home right now, right? And Nova will be able to kind of bridge that gap, much in the way Peter Quill, uh, Quill does. And I think it kind of brings us a little closer to Earth, but also shows us that the universe as a whole is one big happy neighborhood that we all need to protect together. That kind of brings the Avengers all coming together, however this new group is going to assemble, right? And policing the universe, if we can say that, I think uh, makes a bit more sense bringing in Nova. Um, I am concerned, and we talked about this a little bit, about everyone's power levels, though. Yeah. Because, right, Richard absorbs all of the power of the Nova of all time and is connected to their world mind computer, so he's very knowledgeable. So we keep having all these heavy, heavy hitters, and it runs that risk of getting the Peter Petrelli problem. Do we need to neuter some of these heroes then? Do we need to pull their power levels down so that there are actual feasible threats? Because we still don't really know who the big bad is. Maybe it's Kang, maybe it's Wanda, maybe it's, you know, any of the, the Celestials, a whole bunch of options are available here. But right now everyone's getting real super powered real fast and that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were just talking about this beforehand about that it feels like every week now, there's a new most powerful in mm -hmm. the MCU. Right. Like Wanda's the most powerful in the MCU. Captain Marvel's the most powerful in the MCU. Ooh, Ms. Marvel, they're saying she's gonna be even more powerful than Captain Marvel. Ooh, we got Adam Warlock coming. He's the most powerful. Yeah. Oh, now here comes Nova. Like, how are they gonna power him up? So that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as they up the threat level. I mean, exactly. Thanos, I mean, if you've got, I would love to have like, call it the Interstellar Avengers. Where you could, you could, I, I don't, have they ever done, I don't even know if they've done that, they've but, done like that. but you could do something where all these characters with the Celestials, with Arashem coming back to judge the earth or Galactus out there, or Galactus. there's a lot of like, what if the Celestials decide to judge all of us, the Milky Way or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, uh, you'd need these, these beings with these powers in order to, to combat that kind of a threat. It could be really cool where they're going. I don't know where. Oh, cool. and Rob, I double checked it. He was part of the Secret Avengers. Yes. Okay, so, there we go. That Avenger group. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Apparently, Nova is coming, and they've got the writer from Moon Knight on it, which I, I don't know whether to be excited about that part yet or not, because we haven't seen Moon Knight yet, but we will soon. In less we than will a week. very soon. So uh, whatever you guys are thinking about that, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts.
We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Coinbase. Have you found yourself curious about getting involved in cryptocurrency? But if you're like a couple of friends of mine who have been really interested in it, they felt kind of overwhelmed by it, like not even knowing how to get started. Well, that's where Coinbase comes in because they make learning to buy and sell crypto simple. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy to use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. And that's why millions of people all over the world in a hundred different countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. And for a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash campia sign up at coinbase.com slash campia for ten dollars in free bitcoin this offer is for a limited time only so be sure to sign up today that's coinbase.com slash campia and thank you to the good folks at coinbase for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show all right guys with all that down, let's now move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here on the show? What's well, really simple? You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit and then maybe just maybe you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the john campia show with that down chris what is our first main topic today topic number one comes from john different john <laughs> hey there john and crew i just watched the first episode of the new halo series and saw it was getting mixed and average reviews as a hardcore fan of the games i loved this episode the story is different, but I think in a good way, and there are so many Easter eggs for us hardcore fans to enjoy as well, such as mention of Miranda Keys and game sounds, etc. Do you guys have a favorite character or moment so far, and what did you guys think of it? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, John, different John. Um, all right, here's, here's what I say. So I am not the target audience for Halo, because I, I, I didn't play the game. Right, I never did play Halo. I mean, I, I probably played it a little bit, but really, I'm not. A, I'm not a Halo player. I don't know a lot of the lore or the legends of it. The closest I ever followed Halo was back when Peter Jackson and Neil Blomkamp were trying to get a, a Halo movie off the ground, and that never actually worked and fell apart. So I went into it pretty cold. Right, I saw the trailers. The first trailer didn't do much for me. The trailer they played at the Video Game Awards, yeah, that didn't do much for me. But the second trailer they played did. I'm like, all right. So I had the advantage of going in. I wasn't going to watch this and then having it, comparing it to the video game in my head or whenever. I went in pretty clean. And I got to say, I liked it. I didn't, I wasn't jumping up and down like I was with the first episode of Heroes or anything, but I liked it. What really impressed me, and we talked about this when we covered the first two episodes a couple of weeks ago, what really impressed me was the production value. Like the visual effects, particularly in the first half of the first episode, there's this big combat and battle sequence where some pretty brutal things happen. And it looked great. For TV, it looked fantastic, I thought. 
Now, of course, one of the big hubbubs a lot of people online I saw was Master Chief takes his helmet off. And, and you know, my argument to that has been this. There's no reason he shouldn't take his helmet off. Like, we, we've talked about this before, but in Mandalorian, Mando had a narrative reason not to take his helmet off. That a part of his Mandalorian code is you do not take your helmet off. You do not, you do not let anybody else take the helmet off. Your helmet cannot be off around other people or else you're no longer Mandalorian, right? So there's a narrative reason there why he doesn't take it off. The only reason that I could tell, and I asked Halo players to let me know if I was wrong about this, and nobody's told me otherwise. The only reason people didn't want to take his helmet off is just because he doesn't take it off in the game. There's no narrative reason. There's no why. Just because. Well, just because isn't a good enough reason, especially when you're coming into a different medium. Now you're doing a live-action narrative. So when he, as somebody who doesn't play the game, when he came in and took the helmet off, to me, I thought that humanized the character more. I felt more attached to the character. It worked for me. So do I think this episode was fantastic television? No. But it was good, and, and I enjoyed it. Now, prior to watching it, I had heard a lot of grumbling online that other people, because some other people saw it before we did, I heard a lot of grumbling, and I watched it, and I thought, this is pretty good. And so now when the actual first responses and reactions are coming out, they're decently positive. Right now, it's got a 61% with the critic rating, a 79% audience rating right now on Rotten Tomatoes, which, quite frankly, after hearing the grumbling that I've been hearing, is actually better than I thought it would be. Now, what's going to be really interesting to see how people feel about after Episode 2, because Episode 2 definitely has a different take, but we won't go into Episode 2 here. And then I've only seen the first two episodes. I don't know where it goes for three. But, Ray, you watched the first two episodes with me. Let's just focus on episode one. Episode one. What reminds me of what your thoughts of it were, and what do you think about the responses we're seeing to it so far? I rewatched it again last night on an actual big screen TV, and I thought it was really good. I mean, like you said, there's the effects were kind of hit and miss in some scenes, but the next scene, the effects were great. So it wasn't it didn't take me out of the episode. Um I think this this show like the the hardcore Halo fans aren't going to are going to be divided on this. Me I like that they're doing a different story because it it makes me excited to see the next episode cuz I don't know where they're going. Right. Right? And like as much as I want to believe that there's millions of Halo fans that will love this show Really, the the people who are going to keep the show alive are the people who don't play Halo. Right. Yeah. If they could yeah. get them on board, this show will survive. And I could I could complain as much as I want about things that don't seem right to me on the show, but I'm I'm just get, getting it like you know taking it as they they serve it. Um, like the the writers not playing the game doesn't bother me. I like all the little nods they have from the game. Um. And I guess we'll see how it is in the end. Like, I have a back pocket full of complaints that I, I am saving for if this turns out to be a turd, right. like in the end, right? Okay. But I'm not, I, I don't do that option. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm going to, I'm on board for the next episode, the next episode. Let's just see how it goes. Like, I don't mind that it doesn't follow the game. I'm fine with it. Like, I'm, I want to be attached to this Master Chief. Right. You know, and that's where I want to find myself. But we'll see. It's still too early. Rob, I, I don't know. Did you have a chance to catch this yet? I haven't seen it yet, but I, I did play the first the first Halo when it first came out, when I first got, like, I had a first-generation Xbox. And what you know what I'm looking for 
I like the trailer like you, the second trailer, quite a bit. I would just like to see a great science fiction TV series. There's a lot of really interesting science fiction concepts that are in this game, and I would like to see those developed. I mean, obviously, Halo is all about the combat gameplay. I mean, I don't, I, I never, I wasn't playing the first iteration of Halo because wow, that, the story's cool and the myth and the the myths of the lore and all that's good, but. It was the gameplay that was so cool when that game first came out. I mean, I, that's what I always liked about it, the design work, and it was just fun. It was fun to play. What was the name of Not the, They're not called Marines. They're called what? Well, Spartans. Spartans, yeah. that's the word. Um, I, I, I uploaded a, a, a pic of his his group of Spartans. I don't know if you have it, but... Um, yeah, I just had it on screen there. I'll bring it What I again. really liked, what I really like when I was watching it last night was how he directs these Spartans. Each of these Spartans aren't uh lower than master chief they uh, they are each like specialized in their own thing like the big right. guy yeah and then the sniper if you notice i don't know if i'm looking too much into it but his armor if you look at their shoulder pads his armor is a little bit higher on the shoulders and i i i take that to because he's sniping um you know and covering his uh his face so i i like that they they have those little things in there i i've I enjoy this team. I want them. I, I don't want any of them to die. I just want uh, Master Chief to command this team. I think it's good. I think the show is good. Chris, I know you haven't had a chance to see this yet. yet at all, but where's do you have an anticipation level for this, or or is this one that's really not on your radar right now? No, I'm excited about this. My best friend who's in the chat, Megan, she is obsessed with Halo. Uh, she's gone to Halo conventions and stuff. She is my go-to for Halo Along with right here. Why is she my best friend then, too? Oh my gosh, Megan, come be best friends with us. So (laughs) she'll come visit. We'll hang out, right? You guys can geek out. Um, So I'm very excited because she's given it the seal of approval, too. So I've got two yeses for it, and it makes me want to watch it. Plus, I love Pablo Schreiber. I think he's such a wonderful actor. His work at American Gods was so incredible. I love anything he does. So I'm really excited to see it. And I'm glad he takes off his mask. When people were complaining about that, I was like, it's not the Halo Lorian. What are you talking about? Why are we mad about it? Well, and also, I mean, it it was there was a practical reason back when the game was first conceived. A human face was a lot more difficult to do than cool armor. Right. You know, and that cool helmet. That's incredibly angular. Yeah. I mean, it was that's that was so the fact that he takes off his helmet, of course, on a dramatic TV show, you want to. You want to like Master Chief. You don't want him to be some faceless automaton. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, you can make that work. Mandalorian, Mandalorian is an example of that. But again, Mandalorian had a very important narrative reason yeah. that had to be, uh, as opposed to this where they're really. I mean, it was a game developer reason why. Yeah. Well, yeah. Helmets, yeah. You know? All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? The reactions from coming out from Halo are better than I thought they would be, especially when you hear the initial rumbling. I personally like the first episode. Have you guys had a chance to see it? If so, what do you guys think? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Yeah. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This is from Alex Von Gollum. Hi, Geo, Chris, Rob, Uh, And Rob from Toronto. Today, 50 years ago, the world was graced with the release of one of the most astounding achievements in filmmaking of all time, The Godfather. It exacts the soul to try to review the extraordinary masterpiece. From the exquisite cinematography, acting, score, production design, script, this art piece amalgamates what movie excellence is and can be. What can you say about this film and its legacy yesterday, today, and for many years to come? Thanks. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. It, 
Everything from the cinematography, the music, the acting, it, it launched iconic, stellar, legendary careers. It to this day stands as maybe it and Star Wars is the most influential films ever. Like when you, if you gather into a room, a thousand directors and filmmakers say, what was the movie that influenced you? Those are the two names that are probably going to get brought up more than anything else. The Godfather, Star Wars, it's right up there. You know, Rob, Ray, and I recently revisited it the other day to talk about it since this week and today specifically is the 50th anniversary to talk about it on our movie club. And it's just incredible. Like every time you watch it, you're surprised again, because even though you know it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest film of all time, you forget just how great it is and how perfect it is in almost all things. It's just an amazing achievement. And to to look at it now, 50 years later, again, I, I rewatched it again the other day. Totally holds up. Oh, yeah. It totally holds up 50 years later. Um, this is truly a cornerstone of all the cinematic industry forever and ever and ever. And you just can't overplay it. There's just no overstating it. Just how good of a movie is. It is one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And it's one of the reasons why, like amongst a lot of cinephiles, the only debate is, is Godfather one, the greatest film of all time, or is Godfather two, the greatest film of all time. I mean, that that's just how psychotically good these things are. So uh, yeah. Happy birthday to the Godfather, mm -hmm. uh, Ray celebrated by watching for the first time. But Rob, yeah, reflecting, and we did talk about on Movie Club the other day, but just your reflections today on the 50th anniversary of this film. You know, I think it is, both Godfather 1 and 2, I think, are my favorite movies of all time. But beyond that, they're also some of my favorite stories of all time, because what I think is really important about The Godfather is, one, I'm, I'm always talking about verisimilitude, the quality of being real. The Godfather, I think, works, and like you just pointed out, it's timeless, and it doesn't feel dated because it is such a great evocation of post-World War II New York. Like, you look at this, and you it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie. It feels like you're watching something that was actually shot at real real events that it's almost like a documentary like a you are there experience and when the the opening scene when they're intercutting between inside Vito Corleone's home office and the party outside um Talia Shire's wedding uh it, it's it, it just feels it sets up like you pointed out in our movie club that you're building a world that feels absolutely authentic yeah and what I love also about this on one hand the novel that it's based on is much more of a pulp mafia novel and what coppola did with this was he took what could have been call it a pot boiler call it whatever you want it could have been just another mob movie but he imbued it with this sort of epic storyline coppola i always repeat this but coppola said it's a story about a king and his three sons the succession to the realm and and even though it's set in a very specific time in a very specific place it is a timeless story that reiterates themes not just from Western storytelling, but from Kurosawa's samurai movies, uh, anything that has ever dealt with royal blood and all of that, and and warring. I, I mean, in a way, Game of Thrones dealt with a lot of the same issues that The Godfather does, and there's been people that even said that Game of Thrones had a Godfather-esque quality. And I think that's why this movie works so well, even 50 years on, is that the story that it's telling even though it's very specific to a time and place, is in fact timeless. Chris, as you look back, you weren't here for Movie Club, obviously, but 
50th anniversary of a film like this. It's talked about all the time. What are your thoughts on its 50th anniversary? I mean, I didn't watch this film until I had to for a film class. <laughs> um, and wow, it is it is such a masterclass in acting, but also the trust that needs to be on set. I mean, the studio didn't want the sets as dimly lit as they were. And can you imagine if they were anything but that? And then just the trust they all put in the actors. I mean, the nervousness that uh, Luca is actually experiencing when speaking to Don Corleone is real. Because yeah. that actor's so nervous about speaking to Marlon Brando. And Coppola was like, keep it. We're keeping that in there. It's authentic. Uh, James Caan ad-libbing bada-bing, smashing that camera. Right all over your Ivy League suit. Yeah, all of that stuff. That's him just riffing. And it's him bringing his authentic self to this character, which is the most important thing of acting. It's not about just being completely dissolved into a role. It's about bringing your authentic self to something and how you would react in those certain situations. And so seeing all of that in something like this is so cool, because I think a lot of times when we think about improv, we think of comedies. But then if you think about dramatic films like this, like Leonardo DiCaprio's work in Django, when you allow an actor to really play, that's when all the beautiful messed up shit can happen. And I think that's what's really, really cool in this film. And I mean, obviously we have the, the iconic line too, leave the gun, take the cannoli. That wasn't in there too. I love Actually, it. Actually, some of you guys might remember uh, me and a friend of mine who was like uh, uh, the director of LucasArts and stuff like that. We made a, f a fan film a number of years ago called, it was a Star Wars fan film. It was called <laughs> Rise of the Trades. Um, and it was an amalgamation of Star Wars The Phantom Menace with The Godfather. The basic story of it was a young Jedi who's failed the trials, is now sent back home to Naboo, where his family is actually the leading crime family. And then it kind of follows the story of The Godfather from there. But we took that line that you mentioned, the bada-bing, because, you know, the 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 godfather gets murdered and the youngest son was a failed jedi and the older brother comes up to him you got to walk up to him and bada bing you get brains all over your nice jedi suit instead of just your nice suit that was that was our line yes we really did have the actor say that and yes it's every bit as awful as i just made it sound oh, um that. but that was uh, that anyway guys question is for you it's the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. I, I'm sure there's probably... Today. Still, this today, is the actual like day. Like, today. I'm sure there's probably still a bunch of guys who haven't seen it. You don't know what movie making is until you've seen The Godfather. So do yourself a treat. Go watch it. Whatever you guys' thoughts are on this anniversary day, jump on down in the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number three, shall we? Chris... What is our third main topic today? Third one is coming from Aiden Boyd. Happy Thursday, everyone. Happy Thursday to you, Aiden. The Batman is now going into its fourth weekend at the box office. Do you think it's possible that it could keep the number one spot? Spider-Man No Way Home was able to keep the top spot for four weeks straight. Can the Batman tie it? Or do you think Channing Tatum's new movie, The Lost City, will beat it out? Thanks for answering. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And uh, yeah, so the Batman... Three weeks in a row, it's been at number one. It's not often today that a movie is number one at the box office three weeks in a row. It doesn't happen often. Avengers Endgame only held the number one spot at the box office for three weeks in a row. Before, really? Yeah, before a little film called John Wick 3 came out. Oh, mm -hmm. well. Uh, and and took dogs. it back. Spider-Man No Way Home held it for four before it got uh, knocked out. He eventually got the number one spot the weekend back, but again, only four weeks in a row only. Held it four weeks in a row, so it doesn't happen that often. 
Batman will not hold it for a fourth week. Last week, it made around the $30 million mark. They'll probably take a 20, 30% drop, stuff like that. So a movie's got to come out that will exceed $20 million. And I think that movie is coming. It's a movie I'm going to go see in about four hours. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go see in about four hours. And that is Lost City. Now, I first heard about Lost City. And this is the Channing Tatum. Um, I always freeze on Speed Girl's name. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. I, always, I always freeze hey, on Sandra Bullock. How dare you? I know. I always freeze on her name. Anyway, Sandra Bullock. When they first started talking about this at CinemaCon, like, I guess that was like six months ago now or whatever. To me, I kind of, I'm not going to lie. I kind of rolled my eyes. Oh, boy. Here we go. A romancing the stone wannabe comedy with, you know, some. Eh. And then they played us like five minutes of it. Totally changed my tune. I was okay. like, this looks really fun. Then a little while ago, the trailer started to drop. And again, this looks really fun. I haven't laughed as hard in a trailer in a long time as in the Lost City trailer when Brad Pitt shows up. Like that, I, I mean, that literally made me laugh out loud. I loved it. <laughs> Why? She doesn't need saving down there. Why are you going down there? I mean, that line just completely <laughs> killed me. I thought, I thought that was really funny. This looks really good to me. Of course, then it played over at South by Southwest. The reactions to it have been very, very good. Last I checked, it was holding an 80% now on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So it looks like everything I'm kind of wanting it to be. And they're saying it's going to be enough to pass Batman. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. The female demographic is shown to be one of the more reluctant to return to cinemas during the pandemic. But that is about to change this weekend with Paramount's The Lost City, which is eyeing a mid-20 million start, possibly 30 million plus at 4,200 theaters, the Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, Daniel Radcliffe romantic adventure comedy is the first of six major studio releases. April's going to be great. Um, one of which will open wide every Friday through April 22nd. We head into spring with Sony Marvel's Morbius on April 1st, Marvel's Sonic the Hedgehog on April the 8th, Warner Brothers' Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore on April 15th, and two on April 22nd, Lion, uh, Lionsgate, Nicolas Cage satire, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and... Universal DreamWorks Animation, <laughs> The Bad Guys, which they also featured at CinemaCon, and I'll be honest with you, I I don't really care about that one. But, uh, who knows, maybe it's going to be great and fantastic. I hope this thing succeeds well. More than that, I hope it's as good as it looks. Because something we have had a real lack of over the past five, six years is really good comedy. We There's just been, I'm not saying there hasn't been any you go the mid nineties, early two thousands, like comedy, good comedy was like a staple of the movie going experience. Right. And I feel like it's been a very dry time for really good, enjoyable laugh out loud. Gut I mean, the last time I remember going to a comedy that I like literally hurt that I laughed so hard through it was probably girls trip. Mm. Um, and, and that was years ago now. So I'm looking forward to this, and I hope it works on many levels. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Chris, 
Lost City's coming out. What have you thought about the marketing campaign? Are you looking forward to this? What are your thoughts? I think this looks adorable. I'm very hyped for it. And, you know, we're talking about the female demographic here. I have mostly talked to dudes about this movie who are super excited to see this. They're really, really into this idea of having Daniel Radcliffe as a bad guy, having Channing Tatum playing a wonderful, wonderful himbo role. You know, they're really, really excited about it, as am I. I love all the people in this film. Um, I will say I I. I am interested in that demographic number, though. That was one of scratching my head where I was like, women aren't going to movies? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've seen so many movies. <laughs> I'm very confused by that. Um, but I think it's going to be really, really cute. I do think it's going to take over the Batman at the box office. This looks great to me. And sure, everyone keeps saying it's a Romancing the Stone remake. What's bad about that? <laughs> Why do we not want that? That sounds amazing to me. I'm so excited about that. That was a wonderful film. And almost everything is a remake or a reimagining these days. As long as they do it well or potentially do it better, I'm here for it. Rob, uh, I mean, this is not a movie that on its surface looks like it's targeted towards me or you, whatever. But no. what have you thought about the trailers? Will it pass the Batman at the box office this weekend? And are you looking forward to this? Well, I, you know, the trailers look funny to me. And and like when Brad Pitt shows up, I thought it was hilarious. The whole idea, yeah, it's a little romancing the stone-ish. But, you know, I, there's something about an author who's having writer's block who ends up going on this adventure, you know, to inform their writing. I, the story appeals to me because it's about storytelling. And it looks funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, John, as long as it looks funny and there's funny lines and there's I like situational humor and this looks like it has a lot of that yeah. as opposed to just bad one liners or something mm -hmm. the, the the actual scenario amuses me and uh s same with the Nicolas Cage movie the situation itself just the idea of it's funny to me mm -hmm. so this looks good i mean you know what i would definitely go see this uh, I probably will go see it to take Elizabeth, and it'll it'll be uh, it'll be fun. I I, I hope. I, will, I haven't read any reviews of it though. I, I will say too. I think it's a good sign that we are betting on comedies in the theaters again. Right. Yeah. Streaming, yeah. and we poo poo on streaming a lot, but streaming has been okay and bold often with putting out comedies. And you know, we had the incredible Palm Springs on Hulu, which was yeah. wonderful. I really like that. Always too. be so my maybe. Good. Always be my maybe. Eurovision. I mean, that, I quote that movie so often. The elves have gone too far. I love it. And so it's really, really good to see, like, companies really want these comedies back in a theater. That makes me really happy. Well, and also, with the streamers, too, it's it, comedy is cheaper. I yeah. mean, it's oh, much easier and cheaper sure. to make the comedies there. I was just going to say that. I, and, you know, it's funny because Eurovision, I would have loved to have seen in a theater. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? I agree. I like that movie. It was hilarious. I'm, I look, I, I'm going to admit something. I'm not going to lie. At least once every six to eight weeks, as I'm working, I'm like, okay, I want to take a break for a second. Like, I'll, I'll be working and I'll, I want to take, a, like, give myself a break, watch a YouTube video or something. At least once every six to eight weeks, I will pull up the final song from Eurovision <laughs> when Rachel McAdams stands on stage. I, I do. Because when, she, and when she sings that song, um, I think of my home. I think of Hamilton. I think of my home, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And she sings my hometown. And then it cuts back. It's a beautiful way they edited it to cutting to the, like when people realize she's singing about their hometown and the cuts to people. That one guy. Hometown. She's speaking in Icelandic. She's singing Icelandic. <laughs> it's like, yes, okay, we know we're all Icelandic too. But I mean, where the seagulls sing and the whales are happy people. I mean, oh, I don't know. It's, it's perfect. But I hear that and it's not, and many people ask, there's not Rachel McAdams singing that. No. 
but I, I admit, like at least once every two months, I pop that I video that and song. I get I get choked up thinking about my hometown. If, if my friends and I have a little too much to drink, we all do the song along. <laughs> That's our go-to. Oh my! I, I'll watch that every once in a while too. I will. I watch that whole the sing-off song-along so part. Good. Anyway, that actually has real competitors. Yes, it's all people who've been on Eurovision. Yes, which is actually oh. pretty fun. Uh, but this, listen. Lost City looks good to me, guys. I, I I know it doesn't look like it's targeted at some of us who might be watching the show. I think it looks really good. I'm excited to see it. Watch for my right out of the theater review and reaction a little bit later today on the YouTube channel. I'll put that up as soon as I get out of the theater. Whatever you guys are thinking about this, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. You know, the one thing about Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, I bet they have great undies. We want to thank the sponsor of today's video, me undies. What's something you look forward to waking up to every morning? Is it coffee, your pet? Maybe it's the face of someone you love. Well, Me Undies wants to add to that list. Start your mornings with your favorite underwear. And not just any underwear, but ridiculously soft undies with ridiculous prints that make picking out underwear actually fun. Because Me Undies makes the softest fabrics you've ever put on your body. So you can sit on your couch all day or go out and live your comfiest life. Once you try their undies, socks, bralettes, and longwear, you will never go back. Choose from a range of limited edition prints and colors and sizes that go from extra small all the way up to 4XL. You can also sign up for their free-to-join Me Undies membership where you get a monthly subscription that sends new styles right to your door. Plus, enjoy discounted pricing, free shipping, and exclusive of early access to new launches. And listen, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also gives you this promise. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, you can return your order for a full refund within 45 days. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, just go to MeUndies.com Campia. That's MeUndies.com Campia. And a big thanks to the folks over at MeUndies for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. They're tremendously comfortable, by the way. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? One we're really excited about. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Rare are going to lose our minds. All right, it's from Steve Cauldron. We're finally getting a live-action Voltron movie. Red Notice director Ross and Marshall Thurber will be uh, co-writing and directing. The movie isn't attached to a studio yet. WB, Universal, and Amazon are among the studios in the bidding war. However, reports say Netflix is not in the running. Two questions. One, is Ross in the right choice to make this movie? No. Two, which studio do you think will get Voltron? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And listen, for years... People have wanted a Voltron movie. I mean, just the whole notion of it has been exciting. Listen, Voltron is one of the coolest things out there, either strictly in lion form. Like, Voltron itself is awesome just with the lions. Like, let's pretend they never combined to make Voltron. It's still one of the coolest things out there. But I do remember as a kid thinking, man, does that one lion actually have to walk around all the time with that face in its mouth? But anyway, so, but whatever, we, we get over that. There's a lot of questions about that with Transformers too. But there's been talk and there have been attempts to get a Voltron movie going for a very long time. Different studios at different times have taken passes at it. And then I think it was 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. 
Netflix launched a Voltron animated series, a new one, which actually wasn't bad. It was incredible. I I, I actually, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. You're talking about uh, Legendary Defender? Defender. The Legendary yeah. Defender, yeah. That was pretty good. And it was pretty good. I mean, I still prefer the original animated thing, but whatever, that's just me. But now, we got some movement, and it looks like they're now in motion on trying to get a Voltron movie put together. This comes from the folks at Variety write the following. For decades, Hollywood has strived and failed to assemble the massive robot mecha Voltron for a live-action adaptation of the beloved 1980s animated TV series. Now, Red Notice director Rawson Marshall Thurber hopes he'll be the one to bring the robot lion arms, legs, and head together. The filmmaker, who has also directed Dwayne Johnson film Skyscraper <coughs> and Central Intelligence, is attached to direct and co-write a Voltron movie in a package that is currently fielding offers from multiple studios. Todd Lieberman and David Hoberman, Beauty and the Beast, are producing with Bob Coppler of World Events Productions, the company that holds the rights to Voltron. Thurber is writing the screenplay with Ellen Shanman. All right. I am of two very, very different minds <laughs> here. On the one hand, I have wanted to see a live-action Voltron on screen almost as long as I wanted to see the live-action Transformers. Like, I mean, I was like a lot of kids, my contemporaries, we watched Voltron, man. There was Voltron and there was a, there was Grandizer. Did any of you guys remember Grandizer? <laughs> of course, was that dude. the car Grandizer's one? Grandizer's amazing. Was that the car no, one? No, no, no. Grandizer, go. Oh, like, dude. I, oh, my God. I used to I love Grandizer. I don't know what that is. I have oh, diecast Grandizer, UFO Grandizer. Yeah, UFO Grandizer. Whenever the moon would turn red, that's when you knew the aliens were going to attack. And Gra I used to love Grandizer. What was the one? This is another one that was out the same time where there was this princess from another planet and she had three warriors and they were all named after the name of the three musketeers. There was, uh, the one was called, uh, but it's like variations of like there was Porcos and whatever. And then these three guys, their vehicles would combine and depending on the the order in which the three vehicles combine, they form well, some kind of super vehicle. That's what there's Get a Robo and Get a Robo G. That, I don't know that, if that was what it was called. The, the, that's the Japanese name. Starvengers. Yeah, okay. Star Starvengers. Starvengers is Get a Robo G. Okay, just with a it's different a sequel. Name. Okay. Yeah, it's, and and by the way, so like, I I have three very expensive diecast replicas. Oh, of course Stars, you do. Uh, now that's the, the that's Go Nagai's. Well, Starvengers, John. It's funny you say that because Starvengers was the American. There was a company that had a thing called uh, Super uh, well, Force Five, and Force Five was different Japanese shows. Like Grandizer was one, and Star Avengers was one that was the same thing. And they were on cable in the early '80s, and they played throughout the '80s. And uh, not many people remember those. So kudos to you. Uh, well, this is what what I watched as a kid, man. It's what I watched as a kid. So v Voltron, back to the lions and all that kind of stuff. I mean, so this is very, very exciting on the one hand. On the other hand, there is a reality where I am not a fan of Red Notice. You got two of my favorite guys in it, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Ryan Reynolds, obviously, but I, I, I'm not a fan. I, I did not think it was very good at all. Skyscraper wasn't terrible, but it wasn't all that great really? either and the action wasn't tremendous in it and it's like really so the guy who did that is going to be doing voltron and then you had central intelligence with again with Dwayne the rock johnson and kevin hart i like central Intelligence. i find it funny. funny 
Nothing in that movie, though, makes me think the guy who directed this should be doing Voltron. My favorite movie of this guy, though, is Dodgeball. <clears throat> One of my favorite comedies. Again, showing he's got some aptness for comedy. But even the movies he's done that I've liked, uh, Central Intelligence, Dodgeball, I don't see anything in there that makes me feel confident that this is the guy to write or direct a Voltron. Now, Kevin Feige once told me when I asked him why James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy, he's never done anything like this. And Kevin Feige said to me, because a good storyteller is a good storyteller. I give you that. I have not seen this guy be a good storyteller. Yeah. Even when he's knocked it out of the park with some comedy, I've never seen him be a good storyteller. Just because you can dodge a wrench doesn't mean you can assemble five mini lions. <laughs> that's, that's the quote of the year. Wow. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge. That's a great callback. <laughs> I don't see anything about this. And then particularly when you get into the films that he's made that I really don't think were any good. And like Red Notice, I thought the action was blah, uninspired. I And it's like, so again, that doesn't mean he can't step into this and knock it out of the park. And I'm going to cheer for him, but I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to hear that a Voltron is coming. My enthusiasm takes about a 50% dip, finding out that he's the one that's directing it. Now, look, nobody has made a great film until they've made a great film, right? And maybe this will be that for him, that it will be the first one that's not just a pure comedy that he can get out and do. Now, if they announced today that they were doing some Will Ferrell, Steve Carell comedy and being directed by him, I'd be really excited. I think that was great, but I'm not going to lie. I am apprehensive. I'm not, tr I'm not trying to trash on him. I'm not trying to diss him. I'm going to cheer for him. I'm just saying I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't a little bit concerned about this. I don't know, Rob, you hear about the director choice here. What do you, first of all, what do you think about them doing a Voltron? And then what do you think about the director choice? Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Japanese super robot genre from the 70s, of which Grandizer and, and Star Avengers, a.k.a. Get a Robo G, come from. Um, it's a hard, it's a very, the tone of something like that live action for audiences today would be very difficult to get right. Because I could see it descending into camp. And nobody wants that, I don't think. People who watched Voltron and loved it, we took it seriously. We didn't laugh at it. It was cool. And so how do you make a post-Transformers, post-Pacific Rim world except Voltron? I can see them with his, Ross Thurber, his comedic bent might make it funny. Like it's a parody. And, and I'm cool with there being laughs. Uh, I'm cool with there being laughs in absolutely. here. Absolutely. But I think audiences today, it is a very difficult needle that you have to thread or a, def a difficult thread that you have to have a good needle to 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 do that, to sew that tapestry together, because if you don't, it isn't going to work. And I think, believe it or not, it takes a pretty like to me, what Guillermo del Toro did with Pacific Rim was the perfect example of combining these two things. But I wanted something kick ass. People who grew up with Voltron because it's lions, there's kind of an element of humor to it. I mean, I'm still waiting for my Gundam movie, my Robotech or Macross movie. Well, I was going to ask, where's Robotech? Evangelion, you know, where, where's, where's all the kick-ass cool shit? It's expensive. I know. It's real expensive. I, I know. know, right? You know, with Voltron, if any of you remember the episodes, you don't really 
have to worry about the story. It all ended all the same all every time. <laughs> no, big it, monster, it, 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 big monster, sword, cut him in half. The, whatever conflict it was, it was either between the pilots or the villain. Uh, what's his name? King Luth What's his name? Lotor. There's either some conflict with them and that that I think the special effects is going to be vital to this. But then the tone again, do you make it goofy and really colorful you know, or do you make Voltron look like it could really exist in the real world? You know, my favorite part about Voltron was and they didn't never even like expanded on this, the lions being from s different environments. Yes. That was my favorite thing. Like like you know what? One, one came out of the water, mm -hmm. one came out all these one different came out places. Of the forest, one, right. Yeah. That I, I hope they expand on the lions actually having some sort of, even though the robots, personalities in a way. You know what I mean? I, I mean, they could go that route, but robots and space is a perfect mix for me. That you're right, like, because it always did the same thing, right? At some point in the fight, Voltron would slap his hands together, right? Unless I'm thinking, unless I'm confused with another one of these shows. He slaps his hand together, spreads Shorty. the hand bar, and out comes the sword, right? Yeah. But everything was exactly the same every time, and I didn't care. Yeah. He would, they would, you know, first, you know, the lines get in there. Okay, well, this isn't working. Form Voltron. <laughs> yeah. All right. Form Voltron. Form. Fight, fight, Arm. fight. Form oh, we're getting beat. Oh, oh, we're getting beat. Well, crack out the sword. And I always remember even as a kid going, okay, there's the bad guy. Break out the fucking sword now. Like, why wait until you get in the after? No, no, no. We got to go through the staging. We got, yeah. we got, we don't want to jump right to the sword. I'm like, I always think to myself, every week it's the same thing. You start to get beat up, and then you go, "Well, we better bring out the sword." Just start with the sword. We ate all that up. We yeah, ate we all did. that up every we week. Every Here, Kool Aid. Let's go. I don't know, Rob. Listen, if if they can find a way to do this, one of the questions that they're asking us is, where does it end up? Now, this should absolutely not be a Netflix film. There's, there's no, no way this should Netflix be Netflix. No, I think Netflix has Gundam, right? Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm a little bit dubious how that's going to well, turn and out. And Netflix did do the animated series. Yes, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Defenders. Uh, I'm curious as to why they're not. Is it a Red Notice issue? Like like they did the they did the animated series and they had Red Notice, which did really well for them. I would have thought they would be the first people to snap this up. I don't think a giant robot should go on a big screen. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's but, but, that's what and I, I, talk, I don't know if they want to spend the money that this thing would mm -hmm. cost. You hear they're going to do it poorly. You're going to spend an incredible amount of money on it. And you don't it's not a guaranteed audience like a movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Ryan Reynolds. No, no, it's true. And it doesn't actually make you any money. So I I, I think that's probably the main reason they're scoffing at Amazon doesn't seem to be afraid of that right now because they're like they're in a heavy push to acquire new subscribers. So they're going to spend all the money in the world on mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings and things like that. I see this thing ending up at Warner Brothers, depending on how it starts to come. Well, together. It would be a perfect thing for Legendary to do since they did, Absolutely. They did Pacific Rim. They did the MonsterVerse. I mean, and obviously the thing about Voltron is it's it comes from 80s. Japanese shows as opposed to the super robot 70 70s shows like well Star Avengers and and uh, Grandizer but it, it it still is a beloved thing and if if they had that 
Guillermo del Toro sensibility that Pacific Rim had, it could really work, I think. And that's who should be brought on to direct. That was my first thought, <laughs> was why can't we get del Toro for this? Because it'd be wonderful to have him explore their their fighting with the Galra Empire and everything would be so I friggin' mean, cool. You know, it's really interesting because I think if you look at Pacific Rim, which, by the way, is not perfect, but, yeah, but I do. Fun. I love it so much. But if you look at Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim 2, you can see how these things are very difficult to do correctly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. by the way, the one other one other one I forgot. I'm I'm ashamed that I forgot to bring this up earlier because we were talking about Grandizer and Star Avengers and things Mazinga. like that. Voltron, but the one me and my friends when I was a kid in our neighborhood, growing up on Carson Drive in Hamilton, Ontario, the one we used to play and run around in was Battle of the Planets. Oh yeah, that had the princess. We we were Mark. Jason, Tiny, Kiop, Princess, in the Phoenix. The Phoenix was their ship, and the Phoenix had one button. One button with a glass cover on it. Oh, the glass cover. Yep, they would open up the glass cover, and that was the button that shot missiles. That's the one weapon that the Phoenix had before it's other than their transformation. And they're, oh boy, they're in trouble now. When Tiny would open up the thing and hit the one button, and that's it. And by the way, the Phoenix was badass. That is a badass ship, and it still has a great design. Do you have a figure of it? I do. You do? I have a diecast. As a matter of fact, there's multiple Phoenixes now. There's the original Phoenix, the red and blue Phoenix, you know, but then there's the God Phoenix. And the Phoenix that I have actually came with a, a clear uh, plastic flame. <laughs> you know, it comes. Yes. So you can sit, you can put the diecast thing, the ship, the actual Phoenix inside. What is the biggest Phoenix you have? It's about this big. You got to bring it in. I got to see this. I'll bring I, it in. I, I, yeah, I, I would love it. And by the way, <laughs> before there was the mysterious endings of Lost and all that kind of stuff, before any of that and those cliffhangers in Battle of the Planets, what was the name of the villain? Zoltar? Was it Zoltar? Zoltar from Big. Anyway, but this guy with the big pointy hat and he always had this mask on, right? But at the end, I believe it was at the end of one of the seasons, it is, you see from behind and all you see is a silhouette. But his mask comes off for the first time, and you see this long flowing hair, and you realize it's a girl. And that was the big thing to everybody. It's like, oh my God, the big villain's a girl. And all of us as kids, Zolt- Zoltan, is that what you Zoltan Zolt. was the name of it. And we would all freak out. And yeah, oh God. Do I you used know, to love G Force. G Force, Battle of the Planets, man. I think it was in Texas that Battle of the Planets was actually edited because of the religious connotations that it had. Oh, that makes sense. We do a lot of dubbing there, too. Really? Yeah. Um, Funimation is out there. Sentai Filmworks is out there. That's where I got started. This was back, I think, in the late 70s, though. I was, I was good. Um, I was, I was in a concept You didn't exist yet. yet. No. Yeah. No one was thinking about me. No. But still, it was because of the weird, the God, the things that they would say, like, was not oh, yeah. Christian but we should enough. Bring, bring it back to to sorry the the dreamworks show i think is a really great blueprint to see what works on and how to modernize it and tell a long form story yep. all the stuff with the galra they did was excellent all the planetary outreach they did of trying to establish trust in the universe was really really amazing the changes they made to allura the changes they made to pitch yep. um some of the stuff with shiro not so much because there was like queer baiting at the end of the show that was like, oh, just come on. Don't right. do that. Don't do a bait and switch to try to appease the LGBTQ community. Speak to them in a smart, constructive way. This isn't the way to do it. Um, so there's lessons to be learned from that. But most of the storytelling on that show was phenomenal. There was a lot of heartbreak on there. Oh, 
Well done stuff. Do you guys remember Robot Jocks? That movie? Yes, yeah, Stuart. Oh, that was God. the that was the beginning of my love for human controlled robots. And this one is going to have cat robots and they combine together like the Constructicons. Who doesn't have that cool fascination that these small robots form into a big robot? It's really cool. Like the uh, what a great sequence it would be when they get into the lines, you know how they would go down those chutes yeah. and they would all appear in different, the different environments. That would just be such a cool scene. Like if done right. Dude, I think someone should clip this part of this today show out and send it wherever they're trying to get whatever studio is going to buy this. They should just have us wax rhapsodic about this show. <laughs> yeah. Ray Ora could sell this show. I am going to make a prediction right now though. Ross and Marshall Thurber will not end up directing yeah. this. Yeah, me too. Like, he's the one that the, the company has attached to it right now. But I think once they go and start taking meetings with Warner Brothers or Universal or Amazon, I think at some point one of the executives in those rooms is going to be, we're interested, but we need a, di we need a different director. <laughs> we but, have stipulations. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I can't see any of them picking it up with him attached to direct. Unless he's got a really clear vision. Yeah. Or and yeah, and if you've got an idea, a killer idea, then um, then maybe. Could, but I'm going to predict could be the that, one that turns it around. Yeah. That, okay. Over under that this actually happens that a studio picks this up. I'm going to say it's it's a movie whose time has come. I'm going to say seventy percent this thing happens. Rob, I'm going to go a little under. I'll say fifty percent only right. because I'm tired of waiting for my giant robot shows. Ray, you're going to say zero or a hundred. Which one? Is I'm going to. I'm going to actually do this one right. I, I think I'm going to go forty percent just because we've been waiting on Robotech. Wasn't that attached to James Wan at at, at some? At Toby McGuire was attached to it, and like, then like fifteen a, years ago was Gundam. It, yeah. it it really does take a lot for these movies to actually make it to the screen. So forty percent. Forty percent, Chris. Hope Springs Eternal. Eighty percent. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this idea of a Voltron movie? I'm, I'm a little mixed. Part of me is very excited. Part of me wonders, is, is Ross the right guy to do it? Maybe he is. Maybe we'll, we'll find out he is. Whatever you guys think, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to our fifth and final main topic today. Chris, what is our fifth topic today? This is from Akshat. Hey, John and crew. So the reported runtime of Doctor Strange 2 is, say, uh, is the same as that of Spider-Man No Way Home. That is 148 minutes. I'm honestly pleased to hear this. I felt Batman at three hours was a bit too long. No, no Way Home with 148 minutes was perfectly paced. What do you guys think about this? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And here's the thing. There is no time that is too long or too short. That is a standard thing. Three hours is not too long, depending on the movie. And it's not even about the quality of the movie. You can have a great movie, but if you start to make it too long, it lessens its greatness, right? So three hours for some movies is the perfect runtime. For some, it's two hours and 20 minutes. For some, it's 90 minutes. That's the perfect optimal runtime for it. So it doesn't really matter. However, in how many Marvel movies are there now? Like 25, 26? 28 now. 28. Of the 28 Marvel films... Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness, is going to be one of the longest they've ever done. According to the new news reports coming out, only these three films are longer. It'll be the 28th, I think. It'll be the 28th. Only Eternals, Infinity War, and Endgame will be longer MCU movies 
than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This comes just from the folks over at that's not it at all. I, I lost. I lost. I lost my quote graphic. Sorry about that, it comes guys. From Wong himself. But that, yeah, Wong himself. Basically, the thing is this: there's a ticketing website that is put out that is going to be two hours and twenty eight minutes. These are generally reliable when we see these on ticketing sites because they generally do have this information. So let's go on the assumption right now that this is accurate. Two hours twenty. That puts it at the same runtime as Spider-Man: No Way Home, tying it for the fourth longest film ever out of the twenty eight films in the MCU this now you're right the person who writes in is saying you know when you consider everything that's got to happen in this movie there is going to need a little bit more breathing room like if we're going to see not only the hero's journey of dr strange if we're going to get a good subplot with wong which is what it looks like we got america chavez in here so it looks like they're going to want to have you're going to want to introduce that character give a little bit of breath to that we've obviously gotten an illuminati you're going to want to get a little bit of time to that what the hell is going on with wanda you're going to need to give a little bit of time to that like there seems to be a lot of moving pieces to this and so being one of the longest mcu movies they've ever done seems oddly appropriate now that doesn't mean the movie's any good. It doesn't mean the opposite. It, the the, the runtime is the runtime. We won't know if this is the right runtime for this movie until we see this movie. But having not seen it yet, it does feel like an appropriate runtime for this. And I'll be honest with you. I wasn't going to be surprised if we heard two hours and 35, two hours and 40. I mean, right. I, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised by that. Coming in right around two and a half hours sounds pretty rational and reasonable to me right now rob we're seeing the runtime what do you think for you if anything this tells you about the movie we're about to get are you surprised at the length that we're getting it at and where's your anticipation level right now for dr strange 2 well, first of all my anticipation levels here the only thing that i wish is that john schnepp could see it because you know yeah. how much you love dr strange but john I, I i this movie looks bonkers I mean, I think the level of bonkersness is something I'm looking forward to. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what's happening. I, I have no idea. You know, it just looks like it's a lot of fun, really intriguing. All the cameos, the way they're going to use them are interesting to me. What are the ramifications for the wider MCU? You know, it's funny. I think when I watch trailers for genre movies, it is there's got to be an intellectual component. I, I'm not just like, wow, cool. Look at the action. Look at the superheroes. I need a I, I need a something that intrigues me from an intellectual standpoint. Believe it or not, this movie really does. I'm like, wow, they're dealing with multiple levels of reality. How does that work in the larger context of things? What does that mean to Dr. Stephen Strange? You know, how is he going to be left because of this experience there's so much going on here and as a marvel fan that i want to know how does it all tie in is the multiverse different from alternate timelines that we've seen in loki how does that all work i don't know i i i just know that uh this movie opens on may 5th which is getting closer every day and i can't wait to see it and um i i what was the question <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the runtime appropriate for oh, you? Yeah. What do you think it tells you? No, about the I movie? mean, look, I'll watch these movies for four hours if they're good. I mean, it doesn't, it, it seems to me that of all of these movies, that both Spider-Man No Way Home, just because the amount of characters in them, like you said, let's just not have cameos. Just like, oh, look, it's a appear it's an appearance of so-and-so. No for no reason. For, yeah, just, oh, look, I don't want to see a bunch of people parade through and you're like, they wave. As long as these characters have a reason for being there. 
that's what I care about. And that obviously takes up screen time. So the longer a movie like this is, it makes me hope at least that the characters have meaningful scenes that give them a reason to be in, in this story. And I think apparently they seem to be doing that with this. Um, you mentioning wish Snep was around to see this. I, I, I want to show this to everybody. This was this was at the first Doctor Strange. This is what the world premiere, the first Doctor Strange. Uh, and there's us with Schnepp there. We went to go see it together. I, I just remember how hyped he was to watch that movie, man. Because that was one of his favorite superheroes. Yeah, it was one of his favorite characters. And he was he loved the movie so much. Yeah, he did. He loved that movie so much. It was all the bonkersness that he wanted uh, to have in it. And uh, yeah, it would really it would have been great if he could have been. Hey, at least he saw the first one. Yep. So glad he had a chance to see the first one. Anyway, Chris, you know, we're hearing this. This is a long movie. Mm hmm. Coming, clocking in about getting close to that two and a half hour mark. Yeah. It is the fourth longest one they've ever done. What do you think this runtime tells us, if anything, about maybe some of the things we can expect to see in the film? Are you taken aback by the runtime? Did you think it would be longer, shorter? What are your thoughts on this right now? This is pretty much on the mark for me because we got a lot of ground to cover here, right? We've got multiverses. We've got multiple places to visit. So obviously, it's going to take a little more time than your run-of-the-mill Marvel film. I think a movie is as long as it needs to be, typically. I'm hoping we go into this and yeah, it's not member berries. It's not just a whole bunch of cameos for the sake of cameos. But I'm hoping that this is tying into the greater Marvel universe. We are kind of wrapping up a lot of storylines. We're making everything feel a bit more connected. We're probably going to take care of some of the continuity issues that we have from, you know, Sony, Fox, other things. That's a lot to handle. So this runtime absolutely makes sense to me. Um, guys we're talking about the first movie so i just want to bring up again my best friend megan in the chat she did scott derrickson's rap gift this beautiful comic image of him reading a doctor strange book uh it's incredible she's so talented commission her <laughs> for art um my anniversary my wedding anniversary is may 5th and this is what we're doing i'm hyped about this movie <laughs> it's gonna be great i think and i'll sit through gosh if it, if i needed to i'd sit through a four-hour doctor strange movie i love this character and i think the multiverse of madness is gonna be really really fun well, now let's go over and take a look to see what uh, was written by CBR. According to Ingresso.com, a Brazilian ticketing website, the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe blockbuster clocks in at one hour or 148 minutes or two hours, 28 minutes. If that runtime is accurate, it would make The Multiverse of Madness the fourth longest movie in the MCU, beaten only by Avengers Infinity War, Eternals, and Avengers Endgame. It also puts Doctor Strange's latest adventure on par with the recent Spider-Man No Way Home. Since the film is reportedly undergoing reshoots, there's a possibility that the length could change as the release date draws closer. Given the sheer scale, the Multiverse of Madness concept and lengthy runtime feels almost essential. Following on from the events of No Way Home, Doctor Strange is forced to confront the consequences of his actions after he tears down the barrier between the universes. The Master of the Mystic Arts will seemingly need to defeat sinister variants of himself as well as Scarlet Witch, who only has grown in power since the discovery of the Darkhold in WandaVision. And that came to us from CBR. So, two hours, 28 minutes. And as they're pointing out, now they're they're pretty much wrapping up the finishing of the reshoots at this point. And I don't know if they're going to extend the time or not. But it, I suppose it is possible that this runtime could get adjusted up a few minutes or down. Either way, if it's going to adjust anywhere, I'm assuming it might go up. So, But I don't think it's going to catch those other three films but still 
one of the longest MCU films ever. Only three have been longer than it. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that's right around where you thought it was going to be? What does that tell you about the film, if anything at all? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your Streaming class taught by Ninja so you can sharpen up on your streaming skills. Or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was Business Leadership by the great Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campy Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash campia. And thank you to the folks at Masterclass, Masterclass is awesome by the way make sure you guys check it out thank you to the folks at masterclass for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show and um where are we I, I forgot to bring up a graph earlier i wanted to show this earlier when we were talking about the box office of batman getting three i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna bring this up now just because i wanna it's interesting it is so interesting you know guys uh, just as a side note, before we get to the live questions you know we were talking a little bit earlier about how spider-man was number one for four weeks Endgame was number one for three weeks in a row. Let me ask you guys in the live chat. Just throw it in here quick. What do you think is the record for most consecutive weeks at number one at the box office? Remember, Endgame was three weeks. Spider-Man No Way Home was four. Just throw in a number. I've, I'm looking for you guys in the live chat right now. Throw in a number where you think the record is for number of consecutive weeks. Uh, some guys are saying six. Some say are 70, some are going high as 12. I'm seeing a lot of fives, a lot of sixes, uh, some eights. All right, here's the record. The record is Titanic at 15 weeks in a row. Jeez. 15 weeks in a row, Titanic was number one at the box office. That boat just went on. <laughs> Every night, in my dreams. Beautiful. Oh, my All right. God. Tootsie. And Beverly Hills Cop are tied for second at 13 weeks. Two of my favorite 80s movies. That is the weirdest place. 13 weeks in a row. Home Alone <laughs> was number one for 12 weeks in a row. Crocodile Dundee and Good Morning Vietnam were number one at, for nine weeks in a row. Fatal Attraction, Porky's, and Back to the Future all with eight weeks in a row. And then Avatar and Ghostbusters at seven weeks in a row and this i feel very i think this chart is hilarious but i feel confident about this this chart will never change i don't think we are ever going to see a movie 
get on this list. I don't think for the rest of cinematic history, we're going to get a movie that is number one at the box office for seven weeks in a row. It ain't going to happen. Number one, because viewing trends have changed. More and more people go to the movies when they open up now, right? Movies kind of fall off by week five, whatever. So it's pretty much gone by then. Number two, more movies come out today than any other time. So every week you got a new batch of films that you got to compete against, try to hold on to that number one spot. But most importantly now, the theatrical window is like 45 to 50 days. So, yeah, I feel pretty confident that Ghostbusters, where it is, is never going to be bumped out of its spot. Certainly no movie will ever beat Titanic for that. Like, But it's funny when you look at some of the movies on this list. Tootsie, one of my all-time favorite comedies, by the way. Uh, like Crocodile Dundee, Fatal Attraction, Porky's was eight weeks at number one. Eight weeks at number That's one. That's wild. A lot of desperate boys back in the day. A lot of desperate boys. Well, let's they be honest. They didn't know where their today. porn tree was. They didn't know where the magical porn tree was, Rob. Still can't get over that. That's the thing. Was, well, I just went into the woods to go find some porn. That's what, that's what we did when we kids. But they were there. It was there. It was actually there. Oh, it wasn't available to us on the internet at that time that the way God intended. by a predator. You know yeah. what, though? Like everything else, it took effort. It took That's wherewithal. Right, you had to work for it. You didn't just have to kid a few keystrokes. You had to set out on an oh, adventure. Just have it so easy. Mm. All right. <laughs> well, listen. We are now going to finish off the show by going and taking your live comments and questions. So let's jump finish on over off. there, Chris. What do we got? Oh God. We're starting with Julia Vera <laughs> sending in uh, just some support. So thank you, Huli. Thank you, Huli. Sam Fisher. I want this Marvel Nova project to be Richard Ryder and Sam Alexander as buddy cop veteran and rookie partners like Lethal Weapon, Tango and Cash. And oh, Sam, I love you, man. That sounds so bad to me. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds so bad to me. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I always thought like a Green Lantern movie could be a buddy cop film. I mean, if it was good. No, no, no. That's got to be Booster Gold. That's got to be Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that kind of movie, you got you to do it with them. Right? That's more comedic i mean yeah. most but, of the audience don't even know these these characters so yeah. you can't just come out of the gate with doing something you like could that. build to this they yeah, haven't done eventually. a buddy cop thing in the marvel cinematic universe they always like to use different genres yeah that's true but i don't think this is the one leave the it. weapon especially in space. when nobody knows who these two are you know i mean look you haven't even introduced us to nova let alone given us two very different well, versions of the nova guardians the yeah, what about the guardians of the galaxy you didn't know them and they introduced no them no, no. what i'm saying is the audience doesn't even know one version of Nova, let alone trying to come out with two right. versions of Nova that the characters don't even know yet, right? So I don't know. I, I, I just think you got to do Nova first. All right, what's next? My Comic Planet. So I watched Deep Water. I love Ben Affleck and Anna, but to be honest, the movie was kind of hard to watch. LOL. Did you see it, John? I was interested in seeing it until I heard all the bad things about it. Here was the, here was the review that really knocked it off my pedestal. Uh, one, one critic wrote, uh, Deep Water is an erotic thriller with a surprising lack of erotic. And I went, yeah, that's pretty much all I need to know. Yeah. That's that's like saying a comedy that has no laughs. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah. So I and listen, I just like Ben Affleck too much that I don't want to watch a movie in a, with him in it if it's bad. Like, I just like him too much. I, I So, yeah, so I haven't. None of you guys have watched it yet, right? Mm-mm. No, and there, you know what? I was so excited for it, and I just didn't want to be bummed. Yeah, yeah. I was the exact same way. I just didn't want to be bummed by it. All right, what's next? Wiley Todd. Halo Day, baby. Halo Day. <laughs> I watched the show. It was good, but had problems as a Halo fan. The music was the worst part for me. It did not feel like Halo. Huh. I like the music, but then I, I, admittedly, I'm, I'm not one who played the game. But So I didn't go into it with it. It's got to be like the game, but... 
but I don't know maybe if I was a Navigate player, maybe I'd notice. But I thought for me, he, the music worked. I, I barely noticed any music throughout the episode. I'm not sure if he's talking about the intro music. I don't know. Well, but it didn't yeah. have that classic. Oh, yeah, there wasn't. Oh, it didn't have that. There either. wasn't a lot of memorable music. In All right. It, unfortunately. What's next? All right, from Bailey Fuller. Happy 10 years to Hunger Games from yesterday. Is, was yesterday Hunger Games 10th Ten anniversary? Wow, you know, that makes sense because I might have got the Hunger Games steelbook set this week. Okay, okay. Just saying, 4K okay. steelbook okay. set. And, and when are you going to watch it? I don't know, but now I know it's there. But you know it's there. I've never met a guy with more physical media that he's never actually opened and watched. <laughs> I did open it. You oh, okay? Well, I wanted to look at the steel books. Okay, you know? well that's important. Uh, I I got the Best Buy set. You know, Dieter Bastian. Shout out to you. I wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't for Dieter. Um, I have a friend, John Dieter, in Germany, who has every release of Hunger Games, all the Hunger Games movies from around the world. He's got like fifteen different versions. I hope he I, likes I, it. I do a show with him every week. He loves Hunger Games, but I don't know why his obsession. I mean, I get I have a obsession with to live and die in L.A. Everybody's got theirs, man. All right, what's next? All right, from My Comic Planet, Deadline reported that the Boys Season 3 Red Band trailer was flagged a record 20 million times for inappropriate content. Wow. Can you say bring on the filthy? I have a hard time believing that because I don't even know if the video was viewed 20 million times. Who flagged it? Yeah, I, YouTube? I mean, I, 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 my, my Comic Angry Planet moms. is one of our long-term viewers he is mm. definitely not lying to us i'm just saying i don't know that i believe that yeah, report I mean, that, that people like on youtube that would click it like flag it for inappropriate content and like who who Probably. clicks on a boys trailer that doesn't or who who clicks on a boys season three trailer who doesn't already know what the boys is and and i again i didn't even know the thing had 20 million views Moms. let alone had yeah. 20 million flags so, yeah. they see their sons watching it and go oh my god billy but it's not even that bad <laughs> no <laughs> That's Why are you watching this? But really, the trailer's not even that bad. Well, there's no. a lot of really horrifically graphic violence in that trailer. But compared to what's actually in the show? Well, yeah, but who's, you know. I, I don't know. I, again, I have a hard time buying it. All right. Anyway, what's next? Out of time, 1985, one of two. I got to see The Godfather for the first time ever on Tuesday. Nice. And I got to see it in the theater. Perfect. Nice. But when watching it, I was just thinking of the second Rugrats film. Wow, that's not good. They legit did their logo in the style of The Godfather oh. and then recreated the opening scene with Angelica being the Bob father and Tommy oh being God. the guy pleading for justice. I forgot about oh, this. <laughs> I, okay, I never saw the Rugrats movies, but this is oh, the thing. Like I said, so good. I have I have many times watched The Godfather with somebody who has never seen it before. It's like one of my favorite things to do because there's that bell going off in their head moment when they go, now I get every movie I've ever seen because they all, like even the Rugrats, even the Rugrats at a time. So I'm glad you had a chance to have that aha moment for yourself. I mean, whether it's going to the mattresses or sleeping with the fishes or, or whatever the big thing may be, never side against the family, whatever. It's like not all personal, sudden, it's business. It's business. All these things suddenly start to make sense that you've always heard a million times. Thanks for writing that in at a time. And I'm glad you got to see it on the big screen, something I have never yet done. All right, what's next? All right, from Daniel Dang. What were your reactions when Return of the King sweeped 11 out of 11 Oscars in 2004? I think it's the only film in history that has achieved that. Yeah, no other film did. Now, there are two other films in cinematic history that have won 11 Academy Awards. Uh, that, I believe, is Titanic and not Ben-Hur. Is it Ben-Hur? I think it's Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. Okay, we'll go with Ben-Hur. So no film in cinematic history has ever won more Academy Awards than Return of the King. 
But even those other two films never swept. Like, it was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, and it won every single category it was nominated for. And yet, none of them were acting. None of them were acting. But I, listen, all I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled, not just because I was a fanboy, but because I legitimately felt it was the best film of the year. And, um, and I, you know, I and a lot of other people had to worry because there was this idea out there that, oh, you know, the Academy won't vote, vote for genre stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. but it didn't just win. It won big, and I remember being very, very happy with yeah, it. And hearing sad. Annie Lennox, I don't like them singing the songs at the Academy Awards, but hearing Annie Lennox singing Into the West oh, at that Academy that Awards. soundtrack. Oh, that oh, song is so great, too. It's so beautiful. How perfect is it when the final movie ends, when Return of the King ends, and they basically, as the credits roll, they retell the journey through the sketch, the brown papyrus paper with, with the journey being relived through images, and that song, Into the West, playing. I remember getting choked up just sitting in theaters watching the credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a perfect song. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, Rob should go to the theater in full Star Trek regalia. Do you have any Star Trek uh, cosplay stuff, Rob? Not, not anymore. No, no. Not that you share but in you public. Did. Yeah, not that you share strictly in for at home. Yeah, it's not like my Rebel flight suit for Big Star Glider. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. All right, what's next? All right, from Whoops, Glenmark. Sorry, John. Did you say the next movie club was Little Man of Steel? A Larry Ziegelman's film available on YouTube. Bet Rob's seen it. <laughs> no, the next movie club is indeed the most underrated comic book film of all time. The Zack Snyder masterpiece of the genre. Man of Steel. Henry! Henry's ready. He's ready to go. Yeah, so next movie club on Tuesday. Uh, this coming Tuesday, we will be talking about the most underappreciated comic book film of all time, Man of Steel. We hope that you guys will join us for that. All right, what's next? From Andy, one of three. Hi, Chris. Hi. I'm like you. I also can't seem to quit the CW. <laughs> I also remember that you said you hate watch Riverdale. Yes, I do. I think I'm a masochist because I can't just drop this awful show. Veronica still says daddy while hiring a hitman to kill her dad. Cheryl is possessed by her witch ancestor. And Archie and Betty and their dog now have superpowers after surviving a bomb. Laugh my fucking ass off. What are some of the most hilariously cringy moments of the show to you? Oh, Andy, there's so many. Every musical moment on that show makes my skin crawl. When they did the Heathers episode. Oh, when they did the next to normal episode. So bad. All of this last season, too, where it's just been this kind of weird supernatural what if has been such garbage. And I'm still watching it and while i watch it i get mad at myself where i'll be like turn this off you dumb dumb bitch and i'm still watching it <laughs> do you really call yourself a dumb dumb bitch when i'm watching riverdale sometimes wow. it's you dumb dumb dildo that's my favorite thing that we all yell at each other we're wow. like, You're being such a dildo right now um i remember because everybody was talking about riverdale when it started mm-hmm. and so Anne got onto it so i'm like okay I'll, I'll watch it with you whatever and i remember being surprised that I actually thought the first season of Riverdale, I'm like, this is it actually really was right. good. That's why yeah. it's, it, this then, is rather clever. This is actually quite huh? good. Mm-hmm. So then the second season started and we didn't start it with it. But did you really like it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was clever. I, I thought it was, right. a, it was, a, I thought it was a really unique way to get a take on it. I thought it was interesting and I enjoyed it. So then the second season started and 
I came in, and I think, is that the season when they started to introduce the Dungeons and Dragons cult? Yes. Whatever that was. I, so I remember. Wait, what? Yeah, there was like some kind yeah, of right. Dungeons and Dragons cult thing. And I remember walking into the room because Anne and Kaori were watching it. And I remember walking into the room as they're watching like episode four. And I saw 30 seconds. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she, it's Riverdale. Yeah. I'm like, really? This is what it is now? She just goes, yeah. So I walk out of the room. I think it was also that season where Jughead and Archie and Betty and Veronica, like they, they go to some, it's not a cottage or retreat. And then there was like, there's some hot tub scene and who's going to hook up with who. Well, because like Betty and Archie had kissed and that's not okay. So what do you do? You let your boyfriend and girlfriend kiss each other. Well, yeah, you got to swing. I mean, that's what you got to do. And I remember like we're watching this and Anne is trying to watch this ridiculousness. And Anne's just like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go do something else. Let me know if an orgy breaks out. (laughs) And like that was... That was just like, and we had never gone back to it since. Like once I saw the Dungeons and Dragons cult, I'm like, this is not what the first season was at all. It just took a real hard turn. But it's still on the air. It's still happening. People still watch. I still watch it and I don't know why. (laughs) And yeah, I think one of the worst things about the Lodge family too is that Veronica's sister is named Armosa. Which is just sister in Spanish. Like, <laughs> y'all are so goddamn do, lazy. Do, do they have any of the other Archie comics? When I was a kid, you know, I, you know, I got, I'm sorry, I got to interrupt, but we have to keep we're, we got to keep oh, going. Yeah. So, I, I, right that ahead. was my fault. I, I let us. I, I got us. You let us down a primrose. I apologize. <laughs> we have to, we got so many questions to get through. All right, what's next? Okay, from Suthius. Been watching Moana nonstop because of the four year old. Love it more and more. Would love to see more adventures of Moana and Maui. Disney usually spaces out their sequels five to 15 years. Over under 75, we'll get Moana too. I don't think they're going to do it. And I would love it. I'm not going to lie to you. I, on my playlist, I have, uh, I can't even remember the actual name of the song, but it's the, it's the line where the sky meets the sea. Like whatever that, how far I'll go, is that the name of it? I get a little choked up when I hear that song. It makes me think about... My dreams and my stuff like that. It's but that a good line, movie, man. Dude, that line where there's a line where the sky meets the sea and it calls me. Like if that isn't a perfect poetic expression of dreams, I, I've never. But the movie is great. It's great. I, I really enjoy. Do you think we're gonna get a? Do you think they'll do a sequel? You know what? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I don't know if they're gonna do it anytime soon, but I could see because it's developed. It's kind of like. I would like with cars, how cars has this huge following and huge merchandising. People love Moana. Yeah. I could see it getting done. All right. What's next? All right. From Devin. Do you think the term elevated horror undermines the efforts behind more traditional horror? No, no, I I don't think something that's complimentary to one thing is by automatic default and insult to something that came before it. Like, well, I don't think that's true at all. There's always been elevated horror. The Exorcist was elevated horror. Rosemary's Baby was elevated horror. So they just, that's a new term. Elevated horror is great. And whether it's down in the dirty, filthy horror like X, or whether it's elevated horror like, I don't know, Midsummer, it's all good. 
It's all right. Good. What's next? Oh, and thank you, chat, for correcting me because my Spanish was wrong. Hermana is sister. Hermosa is beautiful. So good job on that, Riverdale. I'll give you that point. Well, that changes my per- perception of Riverdale <laughs> entirely now. Yeah, now it's great. <laughs> all right. From Connie. Connie. Fun fact, the speakers that Kendall Roy used to blast Nirvana during the Waystar Town Hall in Succession <laughs> Season 3, Episode 3, was a product donation by yours truly. I am not wow. surprised. I'm not either. Because I'll tell you what, almost all the speaker product in my office and in my house were were gifts from connie were uh from from where she used to work she was a like a rep for the place she used to work headphones headphones speakers sound bars surround that the whole kill, bit. that sound bar is killer too that sound bar with detachable surround and everything it's absolutely fantastic Thank you, Khan. That's good to know. You, your little really contribution cool. to succession there. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Jay Bling, first episode of Halo was a solid start. I was intrigued, though not yet riveted. I feel like the Mandalorian comparisons are unfair, though. Well, I mean, yeah, you're comparing wow. one thing to a completely different franchise. I don't understand the point of that. Like, what, what, like, I haven't heard the comparisons, but if people are making comparisons, like, why? What's that's like comparing voltron to the godfather i mean what's what's the point i don't get that but yeah i I agree i think it's off to a solid start but i also would understand people watching it not really getting much out of it like i didn't think it was the greatest thing i've seen but we'll see how it goes i think it's off to a good start all right what's next from mike joyce ray you've seen episode two is the halo series reminding you of halo 5 Halo Five was terrible. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I've never played them, so I don't know. Well, the, you got so I hope forlorn. Not. I hope they they don't even touch Halo Five story at all. But no, I, I I hope not. All right, what's next? All right, from Jedediah. If Netflix is going to charge me more per month, at the least they could do with that extra one point six billion is make better movies, <laughs> more Army of the Dead, and less Kissing Booth, please. Agreed. Well, here's the thing. They're not charging you more per month. They're just not letting you get away by giving out their product for free to other people anymore. They're not charging you more per month. They're stopping you from doing something you weren't supposed to be doing in the first place. And that's I've always been perplexed, Jedediah, about that Netflix. There's a Netflix conundrum here, which is they are so not 100%, but they are so good and making really riveting series. I honestly think the only people who do it better than them is HBO. They're really good at making their series. Some of them don't work, but a good percentage of them, they crush. They do a really good job. And yet, with their original movies, like you're talking one out of every 20 they put out is worth watching. And and, and how does one company that does one so well do the other so badly? I will never know. I'll there's never like know. three of those kissing booth movies too, y'all. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of them. For why? <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, from Cam K, one of two. Moon Knight. I don't wear white to hide myself. I wear it so they'll see me coming, so they'll know who it is. Second part. Because when they see the white, it doesn't matter how good of a target I am. Their hands shake so bad they couldn't hit the moon. Is that a real line from one of the comics or something? I, I feel like yeah. that's a line from Ray Aura. Yeah, I don't recognize it, but the, you know, I I, I I could see it from being. I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt whatever we're talking about right now, but um, the chat is pointing out something that's very disappointing: that Paramount Plus is now hiking up their price after the premiere of Halo up to twenty bucks now. I I want to try to confirm that, what? but if if that's true, that really 
That really sucks. They can't. They can't be that making can't Paramount Plus much. twenty dollars. Let me actually look into that. We, we could go on, and okay. then I don't. I don't they wanna... cannot be the least content-heavy streaming service and be the most expensive streaming yeah. service. <gasps> yeah. Oh no, no, no! They're talking about Netflix. Oh, Sorry. Netflix. Oh. It's twenty dollars. Let me. Well, I, with Netflix, I have an opposite reaction. Netflix yeah. is the most content-heavy of all this. They have more stuff than anybody else. You get more. For your money with them. I, I, I will have to oh, look yeah. into that and research yeah, that more later. Sorry. All right, what's next? All right, from Daniel Dang again. Hey, Rob, I'm so glad you watched Carnival. I just needed someone to acknowledge this masterpiece. Still my favorite Clancy Brown performance ever. What? No, I don't care. I haven't seen it. I know I haven't seen it, so I shouldn't speak to this. I know, fine, but that is blasphemy. The Kurgan. It's better to burn out than to fade away. No, no. That will always be the Kurgan. That is this greatest performance. Okay, here's, Lex Luthor. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Carnival is an incredible series. Now, as somebody pointed out to me, they they liked me for recommending it, mm -hmm. but they told me that everyone's going to hate me for recommending it because the way it ends or it's non-ending because um. they had a lot more story to tell and we didn't, we never got it done. I'm just saying. It was a really great show. It's a little bit of a slow burn. I think everybody should still watch it. And Clancy Brown is fantastic in it. Not saying he's, he's better. He's always fantastic. Not saying he's better than the Kurgan. Shawshank Redemption. You know. Toughest okay. screw to ever walk okay. the halls of Shawshank. I just want to clear up the Netflix scene just because I don't want to spread like false whatever. Netflix raised prices $9.99 for this uh, basic plan. $15.49 uh, for the standard plan. And $19.99 for the premium plan. The 4K plan, right? Yeah. What was the 4K plan before? Weren't we at like 17? It was eight, nine, and twelve dollars respectively. Oh. No. Yes. No, no, no. Netflix has been fifteen dollars for, yeah, for a while. A long time. Well, Netflix has been fifteen dollars for a while. This article is pointing out how it's more expensive than HBO Max now. Yes. Which, so, that which still uh, makes sense to me. In though. 4K. But I'm just I, I'm wondering what the 4K thing was. They're saying in the last day the 4K was $18. It was $17.99. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, that's what I okay, thought it was yeah. $20 is ridiculous. That's almost the price of cable. I don't think so. What? With how much content how, there is? Did you ever pay one cable? Box, one box. <laughs> one box is $35. Right? Or a direct TV. You know, with all the channels you get. One box. And then when you add on another box, it becomes like... Aren't you paying for a landline with that situation too, which yeah. is super useful? Oh, uh, <laughs> what's next? Um, from Michael Serda, I can't tell you how many times I replay the No Way Home Ticket Watch stream. So many moments <laughs> that keep me dying. Any plans <laughs> on a uh, Multiverse of Madness ticket watch? You I know what? I think we should. Do we know when Ray? Do we know when Multiverse of Madness tickets go on sale? Um, no. Because I'll tell you what. Two months ago. I would have said there's no real point in doing a ticket watch for Multiverse of Madness. It's not going to have the same crashing websites effect that Spider-Man No Way Home did. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I'm not either. I mean, this, I'm not. Look, I 100% do not believe this movie will make as much opening weekend as Spider-Man No Way Home did. But could it be in the same neighborhood? Before, I would have said, no, like, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to make $150 million plus, blah, blah, blah. North of 200 is in the discussion now. I got a question. Yeah. If they're going to release a final trailer, they have to release a final trailer. Well, I thought that before and I ended up having to eat ketchup on eggs as a result of that bet. So I, I would have 100% bet there was another trailer and I was but, wrong. But I would think, I would think that they've not done quite enough. I agree. I we've, think they should do another We've seen a lot one. of the same stuff. Yeah, they should do another one. I, they got to do another one and, and they've got to give us a full on some cameo, don't they? 
Don't they have to show us somebody we had no idea was in the movie? Well, they already gave us Professor X. I know, but we didn't see him. But like his ear but we know. Like, I want to see. But don't know. don't you think they have to give us somebody to just get goose us? Well, they, didn't do, us, they didn't do that for Spider-Man No Way Home. Look, I still contend and believe 100% that, yeah, they, they what, it was the third biggest opening weekend of all time? Second biggest opening weekend of all time? It would have made more if they had showed Toby or Andrew. The whole world knew for at least a year that they were going to sure. be in it. So uh, whatever. But I, as I said before, it would have not made a lot of money. It would have made all the money. But they make it sound like I wouldn't be surprised if Josie and the Pussycats show up in this movie and play a I musical know. number. I love it. I mean, I, I would, Josie too, because I love that movie. The movie's great. Look, you, but show this, show. You, you show this and you show, I don't know, who could it be that would get like the fan base completely radically excited I mean, you show a glimpse of Tom Cruise in Iron Man outfit. You saw all the tickets. You show, I mean, Mahershala Ali is Blade. Not everybody in the audience even knows who that is, so maybe not. Like, with the Spider-Man situation, it was literally Spider-Man from other franchises that people grew up watching. So what could be that equivalent here? And I don't know what that equivalent could be. I don't know. Oh, a lot of people are saying Jackman. Okay. I will say this right now. I'll say this right now. If they put out another Doctor Strange trailer and a knocking on the door happens, you see a door and hear a knocking <laughs> on the door and the camera pans in and no, like, then you show some people like, don't want to answer the door. Maybe some thugs or some criminals don't want to answer the door. And the camera gets closer and closer and closer. And all of a sudden you hear snip and then boom. And you see three blades come through the door and it opens and they're standing Hugh Jackman. You're selling all the tickets. One, you don't even need it to be Jackman. You just need that moment. Yes, but if it were, if it were, again, I'm afraid you misheard me that I said a lot of tickets. <laughs> you will sell all the tickets. What if, what if another plate of uh, ketchup and eggs sounds you? <laughs> yeah. If it were to happen. Because... I'm not saying it's going to happen. I said if it were to happen. I mean, what if, what if you know, when Doctor Strange is being led up the stairs by the Ultron robots, you know, and you, you had, like, Wolverine's part of the Illuminati, and he comes up and he uses his fists on either side of Strange's face, and you just see one and two right on either side of Strange's face or something all like that. All the tickets, or, or another all the tickets moment. What if what they showed us, what if the trailer was a bit of a misdirect, where they show us the Ultron robots walking them out? What if it's the Voltron robots? Me, my. Then, if it's the Voltron robots walking them up those stairs, all the tickets, all the tickets. I die. Okay, we're running, we're falling way behind. We got to keep going here. What's next? Okay, from, uh, I've got John Redcorn next. Yes. Okay, John Redcorn, it's game day, baby. Game day. Game day. Game day. Finally, after four years, Atlanta finally comes back tonight. One of the best shows on TV. Beats, Lakeith, and Henry came a long way. Has it been four years? Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? Wow. And like, now everyone on that show is huge. Everybody's a megastar now. Yeah. It used to be Gambino. That was it. He was the star and he had this really, really good, talented long. collection of people. But now, Sassy's a big star. Henry's a big star. Lakeith is a big star. I mean, I am really excited for this show coming back. I, I can't Me wait too. to watch it. It's right. great. What's next? From NC, I need to hear Rob chat Gilded Age. Show's great. Uh, maybe at some point we'll do some kind of follow-up on a Gilded I Age. I got sucked in, bro. Yeah, you're enjoying it? I got sucked in, you Did know. Did you ever watch, were you? Downton Abbey? You didn't watch Downton Abbey? I was not a Downton Abbey guy. I mean, you know what? Every time I tuned in and watched, 
I liked it. But Elizabeth was watching Gilded Age. One, I'm a sucker for that period. But two, first of all, the cast is great. I mean, you got Meryl Streep's daughter on that show. You got Carrie Coon. I mean, it's 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 great. Uh, I, I don't know why I loved it. What's next? All right, from Lucky BX. Hi, crew. What scene from TV or movies are Shakespearean to you? For me, it's De Niro, Pacino, and Heat, and the last scene between Avon and Stringer on the roof in The Wire. I, oh. I mean, that it's a great question, Lucky, but that's not something I can answer off the top of my head. I, I, yeah, I would literally, I would, pretty good. I have to sit down and actually think through that. All and come of up Gargoyles. With every All single of every moment of Gargoyles. Damn episode of Gargoyles. Well, the first four ish, uh, four episode, or four uh, seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much everything in, in Sons of Anarchy was based on Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. and, and like, I mean, so. Again, I would. I mean, those are some great examples, Lucky. But that's something we would have to sit down and actually think through a little bit to give you a good answer. But those are some good situations you brought up. All right, what's next? Walden. Hey, John and crew. The Gotham Knights show is not using any of the previous Robins as Bruce's adopted son. Via the Hollywood Reporter, it's introducing a new character, Turner Hayes. Personally, I'll pass. Why? Why pass? Because it's not what they did. Well, maybe it'll be great. Plus, the character might be badass. Yeah. Listen, they've. It, like, if every time they introduced a new Robin that they haven't had before, people said, I'll pass, then we would never have Tim Drake. Then we would never have Damian Wayne. Then we would never have... Gary Kelly. Kelly. We'd never have Kelly. We would never have... Like, we would have one. We would have Dick Grayson. I don't know. Maybe Batman would be better for that. But no, if, we, if every time they said they were introducing a new Robin, people said, I'll pass, then... Listen, some of these Robins are some uh, some people's favorite Robins. So I let's see. Like again, I'm a little torn on it. To be honest with you, Walden, I I am torn on this. I am, but I am definitely going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot, just like I did for Batwoman, just like I do for all of them. I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. I'm not going to pre-decide if what they're doing is right or wrong. I can have I can feel optimistic about it or skeptical about it. But I'm still going to give it a shot, and then we'll decide if it was worth giving a shot to. I, I liked the new original Batwoman character more than I liked the Ruby Rose Batwoman. I like this character, Ryan. I think she's really interesting, and they created her for the show. I, I, I've never seen the new one. Like I, I, like I, I, I watched Batwoman. I t tapped out on it, so I mm -hmm. never got back on, even when they changed characters. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, Walden. It could very well end up being a car wreck. All right, what's next? <laughs> All right, from Joel. I know you're not supposed to tell us much about what you know about Doctor Strange 2, but can you tell us if Ray will be playing Chef Pleasures? Maybe <laughs> cooking up a nice meal for Wong and Doctor Strange? Well, listen, all, look, I he cannot answer the question. All I'll say is, Illuminati's got to eat. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Illuminati's got to eat. You know, okay, I got to tell you something about Ray Or. Oh, wait, hold on. Illuminati won't get there with these gas prices. <laughs> So I'm cooking for one anyway. person. One person. <laughs> I don't the one that flies. I mean, I'm going to tell you something about Rayor. All right. This is and, and this is an example of the type of person Ray is. So all this week, uh, we've had construction crews here at the house. You might have heard some jackhammering going on during some of the shows because they've been doing renovations in our uh, guest bathroom, right? So Ray. This isn't even his house, but Ray decides to go to the store. He picks up some ground beef, buns, acumen, and he just goes out and barbecues lunch for the work crew. He just makes lunch for them. Wow. And he, he bought them bags of chips. He bought them drinks. 
he and he had this spread on, before man. them. And like Ann and I are like, this motherfucker didn't make us dinner. But, <laughs> but he came and he made that stuff because he saw these guys working and he made lunch. That's the kind of guy Ray is. I just yeah. want to know. Come on, kind of man. It's is. hot. It's been hot Aww. past couple it, of it's days. It's been warm. They're man. almost done. They look like they're doing a great Chef job. Pleasures. Dude, uh, you know. everyone wrote in your yearbook, stay cool, never change, and fucking meant it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, listen. Uh, we're going to take just a, a quick, quick break here. Because I'll be honest, I got to use the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> because as we're, we're well into our, now into our number three. So we will get through all the questions that come in. Just hang tight with us, guys. Give us just a couple of minutes, and we will be right back. everybody and we are back thank you so much for your patience indulgence just took a quick break there but now let's get through our number three here and get through the rest of the questions you guys sent in okay what do we got next next up we have jerome think having the power to control poop would be a deadly superpower like magneto controlling metal <laughs> question based off of the boys diabolical episode bff <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't Ray seen that I yet I don't know. About yes, what a coincidence. <laughs> you tell the future. We are not going to talk about why that is a coincidence. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. I walked in on a conversation that I don't want repeated. But uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. All right. What's next? <laughs> Uh, from Chris, I'm all for longer Doctor Strange movie just because it's going to be bonkers. I mean, here's hoping. I mean, again, you never know if a runtime is the right runtime for that movie until you see it. Like, everybody was all super excited about the Batman, three hours. And the Batman's amazing. I love it. It could have been shorter. It, I, I actually feel like it probably should have been a little bit shorter. Still great, still awesome. But, like, it, every movie has its own runtime. But, yeah, I, I think this is the... Like, just knowing what we do know, it feels like that's a good runtime, but we'll know for sure once we see it. All right, what's next? The Weird Pastors Kid. Yeah. That's a great name. <laughs> People keep talking about Doctor Strange's spell in No Way Home being the issue. But shouldn't Doctor Strange forget that he even did the spell in No Way Home? I Listen, we have said here on the show, I think everybody of us here on this show has said, I don't think that's going to be the issue. I don't think the issue is the spell cast in, in Spider-Man. I really don't. I, I think it's going to be something either... Somebody suggested the other day that it goes all the way back to the first Doctor Strange with the stunt he pulled with Dormammu. 
that ultimately made Count Mordo pissed off and decide to leave because of what he did. Or it's going to be something that happens early in this film. But, I mean, it very well could be the Spider-Man thing. I've got a feeling it's not. Rob, where are you on that right now? Well, I'm of two minds. I mean, I, I, I like the idea. I've, I've read things online where people speculated it's about the Dormammu situation. I probably, I think you're right. I probably don't think, I used to think it was the Spider-Man, like it would be a direct continuation of that. But I think it, it it's probably going to be something that we will see at the beginning of this movie. They have to, because they've done a good job as interconnected as the Marvel movies are, with the exception of like, Endgame, which follows right on the heels of Infinity War. They're two sides of, of the same story. I think that these movies do a good job of also, if you've never seen any other Marvel movies, they still tell a story unto themselves that you can enjoy f- with a beginning, a middle, and an end. So I think we're going to see something at the beginning of this film that's going to explain what Doctor Strange has done. All right, what's next? Um, I missed one, so I want to just go back. Victor had done, a, as a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I really want a new installment. I read that the rights currently belong to Wes Craven's estate. Um, does that mean his family now owns the franchise and have final say on everything? How much, say, does Warner Brothers or New Line have? Uh, the honest answer to that is no idea. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not privy to that information. I mean, generally speaking, whoever the rights lie with, they are the ones with all the power. Mm-hmm. I mean, Warner Brothers may have like the uh, film rights where if they're going to greenlight a film, it has to be done through Warner Brothers or something like that. May, they may have an existing deal for that. But whoever is ultimately in control of the rights, they're the ones who have the say. Yeah. And and I, I, I don't yeah we don't know the specific situation here. I don't. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. So we'll be going back up to Elliot Cecil. There we go. Hey, crew, I just watched Brick. Wow, what a picture. Oh, so good. Brick is great. I love Brick. Yeah, I mean, when the whole Ryan Johnson thing was like, like, I get it. Some people didn't like The Last Jedi. Loved it. It boggles my mind, though, how stupid we as fans can be sometimes. Well, I didn't like this movie. That means this guy sucks and everything he's ever done sucks. Come on. Grow up. I mean, like, he has made some really great films and has made a great film since. And he directed a great episode of Breaking Bad. My favorite episode of Breaking Bad, as a matter of fact, with The Fly. Learn how to clear your palate, people. Yeah. And just get ready for the next thing. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, come on. Well said, Ray. All right, what's next? From Jedediah, seeing an advanced IMAX screening of Everything Everywhere All at Once on March 30th. Nice. Currently one of the best reviewed movies of 2022, according to Rotten Tomatoes. So excited. Tell you what, I'm going in a couple of hours to go see uh, The Lost City. Tomorrow, I'm going to go see Everything Everywhere All at Once at 3.30 in the afternoon. Actually, I could use you to give me a lift to Burbank after after the show tomorrow. I have mind. no problem. That would be, uh, that would be great. Um, it would be my honor. So sir. I cannot wait. I'll tell you what, Jed. How did you get home? Uh, Sorry, I got real concerned. So, <laughs> no, me too. Anne, <laughs> so what's happening is Anne has to go to Burbank for because oh, okay. her hairstylist oh, is in Burbank okay. still because we live there. That's where her yeah. is. So uh, instead of me driving out there and then two of us having to drive back separately, that I'll stop and oh, catch yeah, a ride total. with Rob to go out there and then I'll drive back with him. But I I'm, ever since that trailer dropped, which I had heard, like I had heard of the movie, but I knew nothing about it, totally off my radar. Mm-hmm. And then the trailer for it drops. Like, what the hell is this glory? So and it looks so good. I cannot wait to watch it, Jedediah. 
All right, what's next? From Abraham. And have y'all watched Studio 666 yet? No, no that's never the did. Foo Fighters movie. Yeah, yeah I really cool. need I'm gonna to. Have, I'm going to have to get that on home video here quick. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw, any update on the Netflix Gundam movie? No updates. We were just talking about that a little bit earlier, yeah. but, so, but really there's been no news about it at this point. So that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's not necessarily bad that there's no news yet. There just isn't any news yet. All right, what's next? From Jeremy144713, y'all have ruined me. I bought my first hot toy and oh. now pre-ordered Batman 2022, Batpod, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America from Bob Endgame. Mad. Wait, what was Holy it? What butts. did they buy? What was the first hot toy? He doesn't say. What? What? What a Here's the thing. <laughs> Don't go blaming me or us. Every time we bring up hot toys, one of the I always give this big warning. Be careful because it's dangerous. Because once you buy one, you're gonna look at it and go. You know what would look really good right beside that? And before you know it, you're spending money on that that you really should be spending on other things. I'm just saying they're glorious, but you got to be careful because it can get out of control real fast. Rob would yeah. know something about uh, that. You know, I'm, I'm one step away from the gutter just shaking, living there. <laughs> oh, my God. Nonsense. <laughs> and he knows it, and he still buys it. <laughs> he still buys them every day. Oh, my God. All right. What's next? Uh, ooh, Sam Fisher, one of two. I heard two reviews of Deep Water that said it was Ana de Armas bullying me with her beauty for a hundred minutes, and it took balls to make an erotic thriller with not that's neither erotic, erotic or, or thrilling. thrilling. That's one of the things I heard. I heard you know I read that specific review as well as others saying how they do an erotic thriller without any erotic, and it's like it was an erotic thriller that was neither erotic nor thrilling. It's like. Again, that's like a horror movie with no horror, a comedy with no laughs. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to get excited about it, Sam, when you hear stuff like that. Yeah, well. All right, what's next? Kevin Cow just watched the first Sonic movie last night. Thumbs up! Heck yeah! Thumbs I'm glad up. you watched the first. Like, it, it's a real pleasure. It's adorable. It's an adorable film, which makes me excited to see the second one. All right, what's next? From Marie, I just want to say thank you. I look forward to joining you live when I have a chance to. Oh, it's great having you here. Marie's a longtime viewer of the show. It's always great. You know, it is. It's a different vibe. Now, the whole reason that we do John Can't Be After Dark, and by the way, John Can't Be After Dark is returning. Oh, it's ooh. it's coming back. Uh, probably next week it returns and the whole reason because it really is a different vibe being here live and and being able to i mean it's still the same show you can watch pre-recorded but actually being live and being talking with all the other viewers in the live chat and stuff like that and interacting with ray it's just different things so the whole reason we started uh john campy after dark and we haven't done one in a couple of months but it's because Depending on the time zones you live in and your work schedule or whatever, you can't join the John Campy Show live. So we started doing John Campy After Dark. I think I did six or seven or eight of them. The reason we started doing John Campy After Dark was because we wanted to have another live show if you guys want to watch live. So, yes, that will be back a little bit later this week. Again, is that show anything all go anything goes? Is that is that what After Dark is? Well, anything after dark, goes or just anything, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, it's just regular. Yeah. But okay. yeah, but. It is, but we just call it John Campy After Dark. All right, what's next? <laughs> All right, from Casey Mack again. Great to hear Sonic 2 is just as good, if not better than Sonic 1. Can't wait to see this movie on April 6th. I mean, and again, all of us will be our own judges to how good it is compared to the first one. But it is really nice to hear all these people who have seen it saying 
this is a worthy successor. It's better than the original or just as good as the original. It's really good to hear nonetheless. All right, what's next? From Michael, Chris Duckman's Kickstarter just hit a million. Yeah, I heard about that. Super excited for him. I'm wow. glad he's getting that thing going. Like, I remember when he first announced that he was going to be doing it, and I was really excited that he was. He's a major film fan, and for a major film fan to be able to get the opportunity to actually shoot a film. Now, now he's got to do, this is like what I was saying about myself before. Now comes the hard part. You actually got to make a good move. Right, but that's a that's a healthy budget for a, a first-time it's director. It's great to do. Couldn't be happier for him. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave. I find it funny that the, top, the time Top Gun 2 has been delayed from its intended first release date. Both Sonic and its sequel are released in theaters. I believe made and released in theaters. Like from the time the Top Gun 2 was supposed to come out, Sonic 2 went into production, went in, then did post-production, finished, and will be out in theaters before this thing comes out. It's going so fast. Doo, 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 doo. So Sonic. fast. <laughs> so quick. You got to go fast. So unbelievably. Those scenes are going to be incredible, yeah, first of know, all. You know, Top Gun has a need, a need for speed. Yes. And when you go that fast. You're going to be hungry, which why you need HelloFresh. <laughs> hey, guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So, guys, look, my wife, Anne, and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home. And that's why, like, over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's again, HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use that promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And a big thank you to HelloFresh for being a sponsor of today's episode of the John Campia Show. By the way, guys, links to all the sponsors and the deals, the values you can get are right down in the description. Go and check those out and click on them there. Okay, let's now wrap things up and keep going and polish off the rest that we got here. What do we have next? From Edmontonian, received my premier Mandalorian figure today and have damaged Vader while flaming lightsaber on pre-order. With flaming lightsaber on pre-order. I blame you, Rob. What is a premiere? figure what is that what does that mean is, that, is think, that a hot toy i think he meant premium i would say if okay. it's the premier mandalorian it's it's probably the deluxe with the grogu or i don't think premium the, format is what we're talking oh, about right premium format premium yes, format that's what he's talking about that's when they have the real cloth everything that's quarter, puts that's, out the premium that's quarter format. scale side that's show. a sideshow that is sideshow okay. but that's not a hot toy figure it's a statue Ooh. it's a great such as a matter of fact adam savage did an unboxing of that premium, although you know what, it might be the quarter scale. There, it might be the quarter yeah. scale hot toy Mandalorian. Right. All right, and what's that next? figure is eight hundred bucks and beautiful. Yeah, these things are so expensive. All right, what's next? Cam K, you know who would be a good adversary to Moon Knight? New Might. I 
Is that an actual character? Or I don't know. Boring. Ooh. Bad joke. <laughs> Come on, Cam K. Come on, Cam. Come on. All right, what's next? Kevin Cow. She will be lovely by Maroon 5 is my go-to. Oh, for karaoke? Oh. There you go. That's not a bad one, that's actually. Not bad. You, know, right. you know what would be my second one? My second yeah. one is a Maroon 5. It's mm. Moves Like Jagger. That's, that's my second go-to character. Good one. Yeah. It was like Jagger. All right, good one. Bring up Kevin. All right, what's next? From Jay Bling. If Ross and Marshall Thurber wants to shepherd properties like Voltron and Dungeons and & Dragons to screens as a producer, that's fine. But he has no distinctive style or personality as an action director. Well, okay, this is what I'll say to that, Jay Bling. Do we know that? Like, do we know that yet? Or have we not seen it yet? Now, the one film is... Red Notice. I, I mean, that that was bland action that was just filled with tropes and, and cliche action things like everything right down to the jump with the explosion behind me. Like, it's like, OK, granted, but I uh, I'm just going to say we don't know yet, but uh, listen, I'm, I'm trying to be positive. Jay Blake, give me a break. I'm trying to be positive. Come By the way, slack. on another note, did you see the new ambulance trailer? No. no, I'm not interested in it. Where they sing Christopher Cross? No, you're kidding. I'm not. Oh, my God. But there's some action. There are some shots I'd never seen before. Some well, listen. car chase shots. You know, when the Bayham gets unleashed. Bayham. <laughs> listen, say what you want about the Bay. <laughs> the that bay. dude the bay. knows action. There's some he pretty knows bonkers action. stuff. Because we talked about what ambulance yesterday, how that could yeah. never happen. Yeah. I'm in, dude. I'm in. Well, even, even his horrible Six Underground. Mm. That was done with my favorite movie star, Ryan Reynolds. The action in that was pretty good. I mean, like, the Bay knows his action, man. All right, <laughs> what's next? Zashan, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, or sorry, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero was great. I'm a fan, but it's great for newcomers for the animation alone. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. No, no, I've never heard of it either, and it's Ooh. in theater. It was number two at the box yeah. office this past oh, weekend. Oh, awesome. I'll and apparently it's a series as well. I never heard of it. But, Sweet. Uh, yeah, I don't but, know either. But I swear every day people at the studio are sending me free screeners. Hey, you want to screen the movie? Want to screen the movie? And I'm just like, no. This, but. Is, this is an anime that is a movie that's playing in the theaters right now? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It made $19 million last weekend. Oh, wow. Ooh. All right. What's next? All right. From Casey Mack. So the newest trailer for Alex Garland's new horror movie, Men. This movie has me intrigued, but watching the trailer, I still don't know what to expect. I'll go one further, Casey. I don't know what the fuck this movie is. I've seen two trailers for it, for it already, and I could not tell you the slightest thing about what's the movie about. I I don't know. But I, I love the fact no that Roy Cochran plays like 10 different characters. But but uh, but seriously though. Like I like for the most part I like Alex Garland's movies. Fine. But if you're going to put out a trailer, at some point you have to tell me what is this movie about. Yeah. I have, it's like, ooh, John, it's shocking image. Men. Ooh, she's scared. Ooh, there's somebody back there. Great. What, what's the context? Give me something. Is Bob's Burgers listening to this? So you, need to, <laughs> you need to do the same thing, Bob. But if, like, honestly, if Anne came through that door right now with a guy with a giant briefcase filled with $10 million and said, I will give you this bag of $10 million, if you can just tell me, what is that movie meant about? I'm stuck. I have no idea. And therefore, these trailers suck ass. They <laughs> suck. Like when I, because the job of a trailer is to get you more excited for a movie. All it's done is left me going, what the fuck is this? 
But doesn't that in itself make no. you kind of want to see it? No, it doesn't give me the slightest bit of intrigue. It doesn't give me the slightest bit of interest because I have no, it is a random series of images. That's all both of these trailers have been. And that's fine to a degree if you do that with your first trailer. Once you put out your second trailer, I don't even, this this thing could be happening in 1785 for all I know. I have no idea. I know there's a bridge as she walks under and there's a door. Come on, Rob, tell me, what is this movie about? Well, I don't know, but I would say that. <laughs> hang, on, hang, on, hang, on. hang on, I would, I would say, I would say we know her husband or somebody dies in the film. So she's grieving. Was she married? So she goes. Is it actually a husband? Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't know it's her husband. We, just, <laughs> we don't even know but, that. But so she goes to find respite in, uh, in this country home. Wait a minute. Does it tell us that or are you inferring that? Well, I'm from the trailer, you know, I, guess I didn't and, get that. And then in the then you see it's Roy Cochran or mm-hmm. uh, Roy Cochran. Is that right? Because I think that's dreadful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is that Roy's name? Because I, I keep Roy Cochran from CSI. Is that the wrong is guy? That his name? Rory. I'll but look it up. He plays like 10 different roles. He's the priest. He's the guy who owns the house. He's the bartender. He's, he's all the men she interacts with. He's all with. the men she interacts with. So I'm wondering, is she suffering from weird trauma? Is she being haunted <laughs> by different aspects of the... Who knows? Okay, Marcus in the live chat say, okay, now Rob's just straight up writing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Look, this... About, I have no idea what it's about. It's <laughs> Alex Garland. All right, it's Alex Garland. So this Devs movie... great. This movie has the potential to be quite good. I'm just saying whoever's in charge of the marketing should be slapped across the face because it has, if the job of a, of a trailer is to take your excitement level, no matter how high or how low it is and bump it up a couple of notches, this has, these trailers have made me actively not interested in watching the movie. Mm. You tell me Alex Garland's new movie called men. Okay. You got my intrigue. These trailers completely turn me off. I have no interest in this movie now. That's how bad these trailers are. We're going to go see it together. Probably will. We're going to go see it together. I want to see it with you. I want to see it with you now. I'm not saying the movie's going to be bad. I'm just saying these trailers have made me lose interest, but I don't know. Okay. All right. Sorry. We spent way too much time on that again. That was my fault. All right. What's next? From Dalton. Been following since Batman versus Superman. Nice. Your show is the best. Thank you for all you guys do. Rob is the man. He absolutely is. I write write movies right here as we talk live. (laughs) If the trailer won't give it to us, I'll give it to you. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot for that, Dalton. Thanks for the kind words. Thank you very much. All right, what's next? From Carlos, ticket watch for Doctor Strange 2. Again, like I said before, I would have said no before, but I'm starting to think maybe we need to. I just Oh, did we ever find out when nope, it opened? No, I can find nothing. Okay, so. well, maybe plus, we will. You just said they're doing research shoots or whatever, or they just... They're doing research. some research, but they're not moving so, the release date. I don't know. Well, I, think, I think Doctor Strange's reshoots are wrapped, actually. All right, what's next? From Jerome. Also, there was a villain on the show, Misfits, who could uh, control dairy products, and he killed people with it, including paralyzing someone with cheese. Diabolical. I've never seen Misfits. (laughs) Wait, he was talking about Diabolical. (laughs) Wait, I don't know. No, he's talking about the show Misfits. Oh. But it is Diabolical. That's why that delivery killed. See, I thought you meant that it would be terrible (laughs) to do something like that to somebody because cheese is so good. Oh, no. Diabolical. But yeah, thank Uh, you. I have never seen the show Misfits, but now I'm interested. That got me. That one Misfits line got me more interested than the men trailer got me interested. That's a British show. 
Or is that? It's a British. Fits, Mitzvah right? is British. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's next? Al Renshaw, we need Chris Carr to sing My Heart Will Go On. We can't afford it. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. We will literally right. lose our monetization yeah. on this channel if we do. Hang on. Near. That's all. All okay. right. What's next? Christopher Brickner, ha uh, Halo showrunner, said they didn't look or talk about the games when making the show. Why say that it gives the impression you're disrespecting the game? Um, why is that disrespecting the game? They're making a movie. They're not making a video game. I, I really listen. All I know is like some of my favorite movies based on genre stuff. I've been made by directors who came out. It's like, yeah, I never read that comic. And yet I ended up loving the movie or, you know, I didn't do that. Like it, it doesn't, it's not disrespectful of the game. You have, you're just saying that, or people will just say that because they want to have a right to feel indignant. It's not disrespectful of the game. They're not making a game. They're making a movie. And we'll see how it goes. Now, look, this show's going to be good or bad based on its own merits. It could be terrible. I like the first two episodes. Like them, don't love them, but I like them. It, this thing could go to become a train wreck real fast, but it'll have nothing to do about whether they want. Because I'll tell you what, some of the worst movies I've ever seen in the genre, in, in different genres, have come from people who were huge fans. Mm -hmm. Remember that Dungeons and Dragons movie? <laughs> Remember that one? That was like by the world's biggest Dungeons and Dragons freak. And that movie sucked. It's painful. The, like all the video game movies. Oh, I, just, I love this game so much. I'm so passionate about that game. And the games end up being terrible. So that is not a formula for success. I personally feel that they probably had like a clear direction of where they wanted to go. And just involving the story, which is like all like huge from the game would uh, change that. Yeah. And I, I didn't I didn't think they wanted to do that. I think they're confident in what they have. All right, what's next? From Jedediah, casually optimistic for Michael Bay's ambulance. I'll tell you what, Jedediah, I am in the minority. I think most people are actually pretty excited about ambulance. A lot of people, you're not, okay, maybe I'm not that I, big of a minority. I was almost late to the show yesterday because there was a five-car pileup on the 134 and no one would let the ambulance and through. And it was Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it was Michael Bay doing reshoots. But no one in Let's ambulances through traffic. Everyone here is such an asshole. Yeah, can I just want to see to see how they even get away. Yeah. I don't think they will. I don't think they I don't will think either. They will, yeah. All right, what's it was next? a bad plan, Jake. <laughs> From Devin, my YouTube feed is basically only the John Campia show and Real Rejects. That's. I'll let Greg know that. Greg, Greg, who has been on our show, uh, and will be on our show more in the future. Yeah, you know where he was the other night at the Moon Knight red carpet premiere. That's, oh, that's where he what? was. That's where he was. You know who With wasn't? You. <laughs> they so heard about your rude. What <laughs> liver? All right, what's next? Film Code Podcast. I understand why you don't do X actor and X role because Jason Clark and Adrian Brody in Winning Time is unexpectedly fantastic. This is the thing. This is a, that's a perfect example of Film Code. Yeah. Who should play Jerry West? Well, nobody's going to say Jason Clark. <laughs> Nobody's going to say that. Who should play Pat Riley? Nobody was going to say uh, Adrian Brody. Who should play Dr. Jerry Buss? I don't think anybody was going to say John C. Riley, because we don't know what the director is envisioning. But, oh my God, Jason Clark as Jerry West should absolutely be nominated for an Emmy. Ooh. Like, I, I am... I mean, for, and John C. Riley as Dr. Buss is incredible. Dude, for me, there's James T. Kirk and John C. Riley as Dr. Jerry Buss. Those the are my two I favorite hang out fictional with the characters most. on TV <laughs> ever. 
It's oh a great my god, show man, it's a great show. I think I'm gonna start wearing my shirts like Dr. Jerry Bus. I, I'm gonna have a button-up shirt tomorrow and have it down to my belly button. That's gonna be the. <laughs> we, should do, we should just have <laughs> a winning time. John can't be a party. <laughs> that? That's very casual Friday. <laughs> Is it just Anne? Do I go Anne? Says the girl who coined the phrase "No Pants Thursday." That's very true. All right, what's true. next? <laughs> From John Redcorn, yesterday I asked if Rogue Squadron and Star Trek Four would happen. Now, over under forty percent, either both or one of them come out next year. Zero. I'll no. take this one. I'll take this one since okay. I am the prophet. <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> Hold on. Over under forty percent, either both or one of these film uh, shows come out: Rogue Squadron or Star Trek Four. That they come out next year. Rogue Squadron. That's it. Mark it. That's the only one coming That's out? That's it. You say That's it's over. coming out next year. That's it. Yeah. Your your profit card is being taken away. <laughs> I mean, I think we'll Wait a minute. We have to wait and see. That means you've got until December 31st, 2023. What's something right. you hate to eat? <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Okay. That means it's got to go under production like in the next like now. But I could get <laughs> dreams that change that. But right now... The Next year, seems good. Rayora, the wavering prophet. <laughs> the prophecy is mysterious. It works the unsure prophet. <laughs> wow, dude. I, I just, you know, are you going to wander out through the desert for 40 the years? The juggling prophet. Leave your people. Wow. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from Patrick, Chris needs to sing the theme song to Deadpool 2. Again, y'all. We, oh, do, 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 oh yeah. Ashes. I don't know the lyrics to that either. That song. <laughs> uh, all in, in dead seriousness. I am... I am it's a good Flabbergasted, song. that song did not get nominated for an Academy Award. Was that an original so song? Yeah. Just for that movie? Yeah. Yep. Can beauty come out of ashes? <laughs> it's a great, great song. It is. And when I pray to God, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a quintessential See, Celine Dion song. Why would you have me do it? You can have all the it. power. And then Ryan Reynolds is, oh my God, that was so good. We just... <laughs> we need you to bring it down a little. The, the music video for it is, is this oh, Ryan so Reynolds dressed as Deadpool comes out. That was amazing. It was beautiful. But we need you to do it again. And Celine Dion is like, okay, why? Well, the, that was like a 10. But this is Deadpool. We, we need you to reel it in a bit. Make it like, <laughs> make it like a seven or something. And then Celine Dion, like, miffed, goes, this only goes to ten. And then walks out. It only does ten, which is, like, perfect. It's But it's a legitimately great it's song. It's a great song. You should listen. You should it's check so it. Check fun. out the music video if you get a chance. Because it's also got, as she's singing it on stage, I think at the Caesars Palace, Deadpool comes out, but it's clearly a woman in the Deadpool outfit. And full Deadpool outfit, but with high heels, doing this really exotic dance around her. And she's doing it. Hey, Bella Thorne's like lobbying to be fee- uh, Lady Deadpool. Yeah, an actress know. asks for role in popular movie franchise. I'd watch it though. Water if, wet. If Aaron right. and I get drinks the last night of CinemaCon, maybe I'll sing that song. That's you know, how that. Aunt, one of Anne's best uh, cosplays is Lady Deadpool. Ooh, I did not know that. I mean, she did actually. I can't. I can't say what I was about to say. All right, let's move on. Next, you cannot. It was nothing. It was nothing bad. It was something really good. But I, I will not. All right. From next. Leo, the existence of In and Out double doubles is an offer I cannot refuse. I can. It's so garbage. Uh, you know what? Have you ever had a four by four? I won't even attempt it because three by three. Uh, by, by, by the last two bites, I'm already sick of it. Four by four mustard fried, bro. Mm. Double protein style with the banana peppers. All right. What's next? City of Swift, 
But John. I haven't got that a lot lately. <laughs> but John. Thanks for that. That's a throwback city. Oh, Thanks for that. All right, what's next? That was from Heston. Have you ever watched Abbott Elementary on ABC? I strongly suggest you do. One of the best rookie seasons of a comedy similar to The Office. Yeah, it, it follows in that formula that everybody there was like the office did parks and rec did modern family did it's the pseudo documentary being shot blah blah, blah. but it is a format that works and yep. is hooked on yep. this show like absolutely hooked on i've watched i think two episodes with her and while i am not hooked on it i gotta say it's it's pretty clever it's pretty fun and i'm sure if i get I, i'm gonna have to sit down and binge it i think if any of you guys watch it it's yeah. adorable I keep trying to have my manager pitch me for it, too, where I'm like, substitutes got to show up. Yep, got to have substitute teachers. Uh, it's actually pretty clever so far, but my wife is totally hooked on it. All right, what's next? From K Major, the internet. There's a video of Shaq working out, and he looks great. Confirmed. Steel 2 is in the works. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd watch uh, that. Yes. I'd watch it. I like John Henry. I, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably watch it, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? So, Maleen. Prisoners or Nightcrawlers by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Uh, okay, you know what? The, while they are both magnificent, I do think the answer is clearly Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is fantastic. So Him, good, Hugh Jackman, Paul Dano. I mean, uh, Denis Villeneuve film, but his performance. He, it, it really, and it's all him. And it's all Nightcrawler's him. Nightcrawler's all him, man. That, that was my favorite movie of that year that it came out. It's it's really was? crazy. Oh, wow. yeah. You know that's not. By the, the way, Rene Russo, Rene Russo in that too was so good. So um, good. Yeah. As the head of the news place, yeah, right? As, yeah. That as accepts news. the tapes or not? Yep. All right. What's next? Jay Master, uh, Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill was traded from Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins for five NFL draft picks. What are your thoughts? Listen, I know everybody. Everybody in the NFL, when trades happen, they always focus on the name, the name. The NFL is about your picks. Yep. And they got a first round, a second round this year, which means they're going to have, I believe, two first round picks and I believe three second round picks. Now, look, I, I think Tyreek wanted out. I mean, so you, you're going to have to make a deal. Plus, you're paying Patrick Mahomes ungodly amounts of money. You don't have, like, in the, the deal that the Dolphins just gave him, what was it? Four years, 120 million, 30 million a year. You can't pay Mahomes what you're paying him and pay Tyreek Hill that and still have any money left over for anybody else. Because you got to keep Cleese happy. You got you got a lot of, and you still got to have a defense. I mean, it's a loss. Yes, he's one of the best receivers in the league. But you got five picks, and at least one or two of them are going to probably turn out to be something pretty special. I mean, listen, they're saying this year's draft is very receiver-rich. So they could literally go out and maybe even get his replacement right away. I, I, I'm not saying that's likely, but I think it was a good deal for them. But I'll tell you who's not happy today, Patrick Mahomes. He ain't happy today. I really should do a sports show at some time just to keep all this separate. But anyway, so yeah, there's that. All right, what's next? All right. From uh, Huli, that's another dollar super chat. Oh, thank you, Huli. Thank you so much. Film Code Podcast. Finally saw Uncharted. Meh, I don't get the hype with that one. What hype? What hype? There's not. There's really not a lot of hype. Only with my it. hype. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, uh, there. A, a bunch of people enjoyed it. A bunch of people didn't. It's fine. But um, yeah, 
yeah, a lot of people liked it, but I, I certainly didn't sense a lot of hype for no. it. Like, not a lot of crazy hype for it. I'm just happy it wasn't a total disaster. Yeah, no, I didn't think... Look, I didn't overall... I didn't think it was good. Me, me neither. But I did not think it was a total disaster. And I totally get it that why Ray and some other people enjoyed it quite a bit. It's like, yeah, I, I can see why you'd enjoy that. So, But I, I don't think there was a lot of hype for it. You're about to say why idiots and other people... <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Sin Vendetta. Oh, wait, excuse me. Lost in New York, the streets are numbered. Oh, great Mulaney joke. <laughs> J-Lo, better singer or actor? Singer. Oh, no, don't, actor. don't get me wrong. She's had a couple, particularly the one she just did last year. Um, what's it called? Where she played wait, the, the dancer? Oh, oh. oh, the um, Hustlers. Not, not. Hustlers. She's incredible in Hustlers. She was very good in Hustlers. She was really good in Out of Sight, one of her first roles. I, I she think she gets that. overpraised for that, to be honest. Bro, I think I love she that gets film. I think she gets evaluated on a sliding scale for that. It's like, well, as a singer turned actress, she's like she's good in it. She's good. Um, and she was really good in Hustlers. Mm-hmm. She's a great pop star. She is. I will not say she's a great actress. I would go she's dancer, actress. actress, singer. She had an original fly well, girl. As a, as a, well, yeah, as a dancer, yes. As yeah. pulling, but I, I kind of combined the singer-dancer aspect into one. Yeah, so I, I think it's pretty clear that it's it's singer-dancer performer. All right, what's next? Sin Vendetta. Hey, John, not sure if you got your tickets for that advanced screening of Sonic 2, but I know a friend of mine, and I did. So if uh, if I see you there, I'll say hi. Here's to an enjoyable Sonic movie. You know what? Unless Anne got them, I I didn't think to get them because I saw I got the I got the the uh, notice from AMC that there's this advanced. You had me check that one day. <gasps> That's right. And there I, were seats available. Some good ones still left, but I, I never, doubt they're not there. I anymore. never got them. Yeah. I mean, Anne might have because she sometimes slips in there and gets them, but uh, I don't <laughs> think I did. But. Anyway, hope you have an amazing time, Sin Vendetta, and I will probably see you at opening night. All right, what's next? All right, from Jerome. The movie The Night Comes for Us was made by the creators of The Raid Redemption, and there's another movie called Headshot on Netflix from them. I, I've never heard of either of them. Mm-hmm. Rob, yeah. are you familiar uh, with I, it? I, I thought The Night Comes, I thought that was uh, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, but it's not, so. Ah, okay, that. that's what that was a reference to. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Jerome, for following up with that, man. And thanks for putting that on our radar, dude. Much appreciated. <laughs> and you know how much I love the rat. Yep, and the rad too, even ratter. All right, what's next? The Weird Pastors Kid again. Uncharted was so fun. Logical issues, but it was fun, and I can't wait for the sequel. Oh, logical issues. So you're telling me in the <laughs> oh, no. 300 years that that thing that they need to find there survived a reconstruction with a fast food joint in it and it's or a nightclub and thankfully that's the one part they never touched but yes yes if you can get past that stuff there is some enjoyable stuff there to you're be telling me that these ancient tribes couldn't shoot indiana right there in front of him and they <laughs> lost traction in their feet when they started chasing he had him. a head start <laughs> he had a head start there were you can we throwing... talk about the logic logic issues in this week's picard I haven't seen Picard yet. Why why is Uncharted getting so many questions today? It's been out for a while. I'm just, (laughs) maybe it is that impactful. Maybe. All right, what's next? Film Code Podcast. MCU Rewatch caused me to ask this. Battle of Wakanda in Infinity War or the Battle of Helm's Deep? Battle of Helm's Helm's Deep. Deep. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Don't Battle in Wakanda in Infinity War is great. It's great. It it doesn't hold the candle to Battle of Helms, do you Yeah, not even close. All right, what's next? Benjamin Tam, loving HBO shows, especially Winning Time and Peacemaker, and movies like Drive My Car. H, listen, I, I say it all, HBO is the gold standard. 
like you can you can be as mad and I do too sometimes we can be as mad or whatever some of the bullshit that Warner Brothers does and blah 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 HBO is the gold standard period and they just keep proving it whether it's their their library or their ongoing stuff I mean winning time I remember when they first talked about it, I'm like really I, like and then when I found out it was going to be a lot of fourth wall breaking I'm like really damn this show's good mm-hmm. This show is so good. Like, I, I'm hanging on every single scene. Ah, oh, anyway. All right, what's next? Benjamin Tam. Oh, excuse me. Jordan Luma. Hey, everyone. Did you see the new Quarry video game coming out? It's a horror game like Until Dawn where you choose the action of the characters. Uh, oh. oh, we talked about this yesterday yeah. a little bit. That sounds a little bit like, what's the name of the, the company that does the Arkham games and does the Walking Dead games? Tell, tell, Telltale. Yeah, it tell, sounds like a Telltale yeah, it's, somewhat, it's like choice, but then I think the, the Until Dawn, you did a lot more than those games. Uh, the the Telltale games, it's like, oh, something happens, A or B, right yeah. trigger, left trigger, and right. you decide at a split second. It changes the story. I think those games are cool, too, but mm-hmm. this one's more involved. Yeah, Until Dawn, there's so many different possibilities and different outcomes because you have so many choices constantly. All right. Okay, what's next? Um, from Jordan Ellis, WB clearly needs new leadership. The Batman on HBO Max after 45 days is nuts. People will share passwords before adding subs. Could have been an even better run. I, I, I agree. I, I, look, and, and new leadership is coming. <laughs> David Zaslav is about to take over Warner Brothers and all of Warner Media under his Discovery banner. So that is coming. And again, look. I get it. The the kind of new general window is going to be 45 days. But you've got a Jason Kalar who's on his final leg because he's out the door. As soon as David Zaslav takes over, he's shit canning him. And he was like, okay, he was the one who really, really wanted to have this. Let's put all of our movies on HBO Max on the same day that they come out in theaters. Well, that turned out to be a disaster. But instead of just really conceding defeat... He's like, okay, fine. We won't do that anymore. What's our theatrical window now? 45 days. On day 45, we will put the Batman on HBO. And it's like, you, ah. But you know, it's not the dumbest idea. Is that going to cost them some money? Yes. Nowhere near as much money as the whole day and date release thing did, though. So, uh, but yeah, I would have made it 60 days at least. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially for a giant tentpole property like Batman. Yeah. It's a strange decision, but not the dumbest decision. (laughs) Bad decision, not the dumbest. All right. What's next? From Huli again. Please explain. How do Affleck and Keaton both play Batman in The Flash? Well... One of them plays Batman and the other one does too. Uh, and they're going to they're gonna play different versions of Batman. As far as to the specifics of Huli, I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, I, until I see the movie, I can't answer that. But look, it's, it's no different than the fact that we, you know, watch, we just saw a movie with three different Spider-Men. Different it, suits would help. And they probably will have different suits. Well, they have different suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll, no, they'll definitely just... have different suits. But I mean, we literally just <laughs> watched a movie. At the same time? We literally just saw a movie where there were three Spider-Men. So yeah. it's, uh, and we just saw an Avengers movie where members of the Avengers went back in time a couple of years and watched, and one even fought a version of himself. We had Captain America fighting Captain America. So it's, it's really not that big of a stretch. But what the specifics of the hows are, that we're going to have to wait until we see the uh, the movie, my friend. All right, what's next? From Zashan again. Can't believe Flash is going to season nine. Yeah, me neither. Was watching since the beginning. The movie was announced the same time as the pilot, by the way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> JJKO's story is also great. I mean, that's true. I They announced 
the release date of the Flash movie on the opening day of the Flash TV show. That is now going into season nine. (laughs) That just puts it in perspective. As a side note, I... Look, if they want to keep going with Flash, that's great. Mm-hmm. I have tapped out. I tapped out on the show two years ago. Um, I will always look back at the Flash, thinking I really like the Flash. But I am off. I'm 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 done with it now. I put it away. <laughs> I put it it's away. Not. It's in the closet now. I'm not watching it anymore. the The show ran out of gas. This You're show ran out of anything. gas a while ago. But I really did enjoy it as a show overall. But to me, the show's over. So I, I can't believe I really thought they should have ended it last year. They should have ended it I thought this ago. definitely should have been the last year. And I, then they just announced they're doing it for one more year. It's like yeah. talking about going to the well that's already dry. It just but keeps dragging. Whatever. I will always remember the show fondly. Fun fact. Logan went in to read for Barry. Really? Yeah. Did Barry like his reading or? What? Oh, no. To be Barry. I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he came out of there and was like, I would not be yeah, a good Barry when, Allen. <laughs> When Grant Gustin was sleepy time, he needed someone to come and read to him. All right, Grant, let's read the story. All right, what's next? Uh, for, from William, uh, I'm on Team Rob when it comes to Star Trek, the motion picture. Yes. Love that movie. I actually just got my original one-sheet poster of this film framed. Nice. Do you have a one-sheet poster of it? I do. I bet you do. Uh-huh. I do. Don't I actually, <laughs> I also have an Italian poster for it, and I have the original uh, uh a promo poster that was on the back of comic books with the Enterprise banking with the. Aww. Yeah. You know what I think of when I think about fans of the original motion picture? I think of like Star Wars fans having a big convention. It's in this big hockey arena. Do you remember that little hotel room where in Moonfall, the crazy people, the conspiracy theorists had their little meetings, like eight chairs in it. I think that's where like the Star Trek, the original motion picture fan club. No, was. no, no, no. You got to read, you know, the very first big fan conventions, 72 were Star Trek conventions. Yeah. They blew the roof off the place. Oh, yeah. Hey, City. I'm not talking about Star Trek. I'm talking about Star Trek, the original motion picture. See, dude, it was a big deal when it came out. I, I know it was. Big I deal. I know it was. Okay. And it will be again. <laughs> and it will be again. What's next? From Manny. Hey, John and crew. Today's my wedding day. Oh, my God. Why are you watching the show? Get ready, Manny. You are pissing off your future wife so much right now, or future husband. Uh, Well, first of all, nicely done. Congrats! Like, congrats! You're getting married today, man. That's amazing. Congratulations! That's huge. I don't know how long it's gonna last. If you're watching, wow, watching the show. Day. But, but I mean, hey, at least it shows you got your priorities yeah. straight, man. You got shit to do, homie. When you, get, yeah. when you get married on a Thursday, is that like seeing a preview night before the movie actually opens on a Friday? Does that mean you get a special bonus There's thing happening? Content. There is exclusive, exclusive content. content. But on, honestly, I've Swag. always wondered, why do all weddings happen on Saturdays? Like, I... I think they like yeah. Do get married on a Tuesday. Get yeah. married on a Thursday. So well, people money. are at work, and you probably get um, locations and and uh, so venues cheaper. that you cheaper, mm-hmm. and that would probably be booked for three months in advance. Well, you could probably get it if you do it on Wednesday. Telling but, anyone anything you need is for a wedding just gets it marked up so much more. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, part yeah. of why we did ours on Cinco de Mayo because we just kept saying it was a Cinco de Mayo party. So all of our vendors were just like, oh, yeah, cool. It's crazy how yeah, much of could... this info I don't need to know. <laughs> did, did you... I have no use. I have no use for it. Wait, wait, wait. Married, did you just make it look like in the middle of the Cinco de Mayo party, you got you decided to get married right then and there? 
Because that would have been cool. It was just like, oh, hey, I'm here in a white dress. Let's do this shit. <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, now we're just ending with some support from Will and the man with the master plan. Thanks, you guys. Oh, thank you guys for sending in super chats to be supportive. And guys, that'll do it. For this episode of the John Cabby Show, thank you guys so much for being here, making this show part of your day. Remember to click the subscribe button, become a subscriber to the channel. Click if you want to help this video and help our shows. Click the thumbs up button, leave a comment down below on any or all the topics we discussed here today. Go ahead and visit one of our sponsors. Make sure you use the promo codes that are there because that helps out our show as well. And we are so grateful for all you guys, especially those of you who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. Happy wedding day, by the way. And number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campbell Show, thank you guys so much. For your support going around the table here i want to thank everybody in the room with me that's not the one that's totally the wrong button we've got <laughs> we got chris carr we got robert meyer burnett we got ray aura and we got me my name's john campy guys thanks a lot for being here and until next time my friends bye bye